Hello, listener, and welcome back to Franchise Surprise. This is, of course, a recording before the episode to let you know there were di- technical difficulties while recording this episode. Listen, we're, we're jumping back in the saddle. We haven't done this in a while, so... Anyway, it's a new format and everything, so I just wanted to warn you, there's some might be some static or something throughout it. Don't don't say I didn't warn you. Alright. Here's the episode. Hello everyone, and welcome to Franchise Surprise. The only podcast that's also an acoustical beacon. It uh repeats at intervals of twelve seconds. Could you imagine if we actually did do that shit? <laughs> Get that technology going? <laughs> Anyway, I'm Nick Lathan. <laughs> and I'm Peyton oh. Lynch. And I'm Rip Camelucci. That's right, everybody. All three hosts together at last in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, last, we don't know. We may get picked off one by one. The crew is expendable. <laughs> and guess what? We're talking Alien this week. We're doing the Alien franchise. And let me tell y'all something. I'm stoked about doing this because it's been... I haven't watched all the Alien movies since I bought the Blu-ray that I watched last night. And I'm fucking... I'm geared up and ready to go, baby. Anyway. How's everybody doing? (laughs) Good. I'm excited, too. I love the Alien movies. They're all right. (laughs) They're all right. (laughs) You haven't... Now, Rich, you haven't seen all the Alien movies, that's right. I've I've seen one, two, and Prometheus. That's, uh, That's as far as I've got. So you seen one, two, and five? Yes. Yeah. Is that okay. the right order? Is that the uh, the machete cut? What am I looking for here? The <laughs> The machete Prometheus cut. Is a, the Prometheus is a prequel. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That's right. See, yeah. that all makes sense. It is. Uh, <laughs> which brings us up because it is the t- <laughs> just I was. I just instinctively wanted to say it is the Temple of Doom of the uh, Alien movies, where it's like. Because Temple of Doom is a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I remember when I, I always found forget out, that. Yeah, when I found that out, my mind exploded. Because I was like, <laughs> what? That's a prequel? And then I went back and watched it, and I was like, oh yeah, this takes place in 1935, or whatever, and the Raiders that, takes place in 1937. Is that the only way we're supposed to know that it's a prequel? Like, it is just the, says the, that it's the year on at the beginning? Okay, yep, that's crazy. Yeah. I've never watched it that w- I need to watch it since finding out that it was a prequel because I've never chronological watched it that order. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Which guess what? I think that's going to be uh, a franchise we're going to cover in the future. Ooh. I Spoiler think they're going to make a new. They're making a new one soon, aren't mm-hmm. they? That's why we're covering it. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. When when did y'all watch it? Like, what was your first experience watching Alien, or or how did? Like, when did you first see it? When I was a kid, I remember my dad's co-worker let him borrow Aliens. And I remember my brother watched Aliens a lot on VHS. And then I want to say I eventually, like, I was always afraid to watch it because my introduction to Alien was the, uh, probably same for Rich. Yep, no, you're going to, you're going to steal my goddamn story right now. Yeah, I know. Uh, the great movie I bet it's my story too. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. And um I was so yeah. scared of it from the great movie ride. Yeah, so like that's that was my only reference point was the great movie ride. And then like I I think I started watching like randomly I used to watch Aliens all the time when I was a kid. And then I finally 
Alien was on cable one time, and I was like, oh, let me watch the movie that's the you know first one. <laughs> and then I remember I watched it, and then we had satellite, and then it started raining, and then the satellite went out. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever Ripley started like, so like I did the 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 bit at the end with the alien, like didn't see that shit because Rip, you know, it's just like Ripley in the air uh, spaceship, and then <laughs> satellite went out, so I couldn't finish it. And oh, then damn. years later, I rented it, and anyway. <sighs> Sorry uh, for stealing everybody's story. Uh, well, as for me, yeah, after being terrified by the uh, the alien sequence in the Great Movie Ride. Uh, I didn't watch it for a long, long time until college. Probably I, I didn't watch alien until, and then after that, just knocked out aliens right away that kicked ass. And then that's apparently where I, I called it a day and I went and played like <laughs> poker or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> I was obsessed with the great movie, ride. I mean, that's, it's still my, I mean, it's not open anymore, but it's still my favorite, uh, Disney ride probably. Um, and I knew all, I knew like every line from it. And once when I was writing it, when I was a kid, the whoever, the host of it, of the ride, cause they have the person like narrating the whole thing. They let me take over because I knew all the lines. So I got to talk to the wicked witch at the end of it. Which is fun. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. That's yeah. excellent. I always I think I- of when it goes to the Nostromo and the, and the voiceover says, this is alien. <laughs> I, Oh God. It was so, frustrating too like going back and and revisiting the great movie ride like as as a young adult and seeing what it was which was like not much of anything whereas in my like memory that xenomorph was like coming all the way down like dripping goo on you and Mm -hmm. stuff but no it was just like you know i mean it might have and the effect probably just like deteriorated over time (laughs) at disney no they don't, they don't let they don't let things happen like that. Not, not I was like obsessed. I was obsessed with the Ripley uh, animatronic though, and the way she, her head went like this. She, yeah, she's just sitting there, <laughs> moving her head back and forth, holding a holding a flamethrower. She'd do like the slow turn, and then she'd be like, <gasps> <laughs> which she does in the movie. So the creators of that ride did a beautiful job. <laughs> Oh man, God! Now we just—we've been talking about theme. We were talking about theme parks off mic. Now we're talking about theme parks again <laughs> on mic. This has become a theme park. Welcome podcast. to franchise the ride. <laughs> I smell a spinoff coming soon to Patreon. We oh, only man. talk about rides based on IP. <laughs> oh man! By the way, uh, since we uh, we went to, I, I was for some reason became obsessed with the Minions ride at Universal Studios, came home, immediately watched Despicable Me 2, and then was going to watch Minions, but that, but it was on Peacock with commercials. But not and Despicable like, Me 3? Well, it the, the order goes, Despicable oh, Me, oh, I didn't Despicable, know, Despicable I didn't Me know. 2, Minions, then Despicable <laughs> Me 3. Listen, we're going to cover this on the podcast. And no then worries. Minions, the Minions Rise of Gru, oh my god. Yes. I've only seen the first two, but I really liked the first two Despicable Me movies. But Wait. I downloaded like the Minions Run app. I've been I've been Minions out, man. It's been that's been my week. <laughs> is the Minions ride in Hollywood Studios? Is it like a ride ride, or is it like the one in Florida where it's Dude. like a? I um, I haven't ridden the one flight in Florida, simulator or whatever. But yes, just based on what you said, do you remember the the old Hanna Barbera ride at Universal? Yeah, that's what that's what the one in Florida is like. 
it's mm-hmm. that. Yep. Okay. It's that exactly. Ride, yeah. That. Where they turn you into minions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which I got really scared because I didn't know that was going to happen. I was in the ride. I was trying to get off the ride because they were like, "You're going to become a minion." And I'm like, "No, I don't want that weird banana texture." I assume banana. Uh, the the minions have their skin feels like bananas. <laughs> and then when we got to the ride, and then one of the minions got zapped with a laser. He his fur puffed puffed up and i was like oh they're furry <laughs> so that was that was a phobia of mine that's been quelled thanks to the minions uh minion mayhem ride they just closed <laughs> um shrek and they're gonna put another minions ride yeah in. and they're replacing the uh like the monsters cafe as well with, with a, like minions. a minions restaurant yeah oh boy and minions, i don't know man. why minions needs multiple buildings Payne, it sounds like we frequent the same uh, websites. <laughs> well, my family's just a huge theme park family, so w- yeah. where I always get the info from them, basically. Ah, uh, okay. Whereas my YouTube algorithm is literally feeding me. Well, yeah, that too. That too. On YouTube, yeah. Epic Universe, <laughs> like actually tracking like shipping logs and permits and stuff, and, and it's like, y'all, this, this is this is the real perverted stuff right here. <laughs> the perverted stuff. You know, you you were talking about all this stuff on the trip, and then I decided to like look into some of it, and I watched like I think it was like an Instagram video talking about like yeah, we don't we're not really sure what's going to be an Epic Universe, but we're going to have a Super Mario World and Donkey Kong ride right. and blah 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 blah. And I was it's like, a oh, wormhole cool. once you start getting into that stuff. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Which is why I'm sticking to my guns, and I'm watching exclusively watching uh, people making dioramas. They're fucking great. I love a diorama. I might get into diorama making myself. Did you I go? Know how? Did you go see the Sleeping Beauty dioramas uh, in Disneyland? We did not do that. We did not have time. <laughs> oh yeah, we're talking about Alien. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should we start talking about the movie? Sure. Yeah. Are I we gonna go beat by up. beat by beat? Um. If you want to, or we can just hop around whenever how, we feel how like did, it. Uh, how did this film perform at the box office? How did this? How, how was it critically received? Well, this was, uh, of course, 1979. So, Box Office Mojo famously starts at 1980. So, <laughs> we don't... <laughs> also, Box Office Mojo these days is... <laughs> what, what are we doing? I think I heard uh, 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 an alternate site is The Numbers or something like that. That's the one that we use for the box office game. Boom. Cool. Uh, the budget was $11 million. The box office total was, this is according to Wikipedia, um, $184.7 million, So, not bad. I think it did pretty good. Let's see. <laughs> I think they wanted a sequel because it did pretty good. Can we good. do a soundbite of Peyton? <laughs> <laughs> I think it did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, I watched like the the documentary that came with the. I have the quadrology on DVD. I got that too, baby. Um, and they were talking about how the lines were like around the the block and everything for the theaters. Let's see. But they didn't have and a an, premiere, I guess. An initial screening of of Alien for 20th Century Fox representatives in St. Louis was marred by poor sound. A subsequent screening in a newer theater in Dallas, reference, went significantly better, (laughs) Uh, eliciting genuine fright from the audience. Yeah, this release just sounds weird. It was rated R, and then it was got an X in UK. 
and that was rated M in Australia. Anyway, that's just release. Commercial success. Well, is it is because it of all that xenomorph butthole that they show? All the what? Is it for all the xenomorph butthole that they show, like, gratuitously? <laughs> your your guys' DVDs, your Blu-rays have, like, cuts of just, just full-on, like, xenomorph balloon knot, right? Oh, Rip, you got the butthole cut. I got the butthole cut. <laughs> now, I think it's because they had a, a robot that was full of cum. That's probably what it was. That's what yeah, really... Well, we all know you're talking about the Cumbot 5000. <laughs> <laughs> I am Cumbot. Oh my god! Why, why are we Why are we pitching uh, characters for late night with Conan O'Brien? Uh, <laughs> yeah, if he it, was on uh, HBO. Yeah, yeah. If he was on, yeah, uh, HBO. Anyway, uh, the film was a commercial success. It opened in ninety theaters, which is insane to me. That that's like wide release is ninety theaters. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. crazy. Different times, different times. Anyway, yeah, it's um oh Odeon. That's a Japanese, not Japanese. I saw the word Japan oh, right up on Odeon. Odeon is Canadian. Anyway, yeah, this is all scattered all over the place. So it had mixed reactions. In the documentary, they were saying like people had to leave and throw up, which I thought was funny in comparison to like some of the stuff that gets made today. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I think this came after, like, I guess it wasn't necessarily the same audiences would go to from, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre to something like this, but it just What's, seemed uh, funny to me that, like, he, that so people would have such a visceral reaction. You were, you, I mean, you said, that, yeah, on the uh, commentary I was listening to, like, the, that's pretty much that and The Exorcist is what Ridley Scott was, like, citing as kind of, like, his for any horror influences that were in the movie were those two, which, like, just the other day my mom was talking about for the 500th time about how she went to go see The Exorcist in the theater and the lines were around the block and people were <laughs> vomiting and, and, and convulsing and, you know, apparently, you know, I love the, the, the lore and the legend that gets built up around, like these movie experiences back in the day, whereas we're right. just going to have the videos that we're showing our kids of like, you know, when Thor catches or no, when Captain America catches Mjolnir and everyone's like, Oh, it's like, yeah, I was there. That's what right. it was like. I'm, uh, I'm exclusively showing my children the reaction to which, uh, they took that audio and put it over Bob Odenkirk and little women. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm I think it should be the, a video of, um, when I haven't even seen this movie, but on, in Death of the Nile, when uh, Gal Gadot says enough champagne to fill the Nile, and everybody cheers. Let's let's <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, uh, when when a society falls and is rebuilt, uh, the the Pledge of Allegiance is going to be replaced with the Nicole Kidman commercial yeah. for AMC theaters. If they if they took the money that they they're going to use to bake the sequel to that and just repair their theaters. <laughs> I think that every time I see that fucking thing in front of an AMC movie, it's insane. Um, yeah, anyway. All right, end of podcast. Cool. Uh, so as I mentioned, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this. Uh, I was I was watching the director's commentary to the 2003 director's <laughs> cut. Um, and on it, uh like it kind of rotates between a few different parties uh and it has like a lot of the um like kind of core cast minus uh Sigourney Weaver at one point um and i just 
really early on, I didn't take any notes on the movie aside from just the wild shit that Harry Dean Stan would say. Oh my god, he's some. They said he said something that end that cracked me up so much. I I I have them all written down, <laughs> uh, and as we come to the those moments, I will I will reveal what he said. <laughs> he's so good god in this movie too. He's, he's so, so good funny. in general in most yeah, things that he's yeah. in, which I, uh, is things. Yeah, Harry Dean Stanton cracks me up because it just, like, was he ever young? No. <laughs> no, he was one of these, like, Wilford Brimley types where they, they like, just come out of the womb, just, just I'm half gonna Benjamin look up buttoned Harry up. Harry Dean Stanton now. I'm going to look up young Wilford Brimley now. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, if you watch Lucky starring Harry Dean Stanton, first of all, David Lynch is also in it, but Tom Skerritt, he and Tom Skerritt have a scene together in Lucky, which I can't When I look up Harry Dean Stanton, it still shows me pictures and he has still has like wrinkles around his eyes. Yeah, there is no such thing as a young Wilford Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we have two teams oh, there's, there's a little going picture of him in the Navy, but he still has like old eyes. Yeah, well, this is just a walrus. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was in a Hitchcock movie, so I'm gonna look that up. I'm gonna text you all, all right. this picture. Yeah, he just okay. He he looks somewhat young in this. Wait, that's not even okay. He 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 looks somewhat boyish in this uh, in this picture I found. <laughs> it's him with Murray Hamilton, the mayor from Jaws. Hey. Anyway. Oh, is that Harry Dean Stanton as a as a young sailor? Yeah, it looks like oh, it. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, very pixelated picture of Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> yeah, the quality wasn't so good. <laughs> but that was the youngest hey. I could find him. Listener, if you're out there and you have high-res images of young <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton, please find them and send them to us. Um, okay, so we're done talking about box office stuff. Yeah, the thing about this movie, I didn't do as much research as y'all did. I tried. I'm in the middle of a move right now, so I couldn't watch as many special features. I'm sorry I didn't watch it three times, Peyton. Anyway... But yeah, I just watched the theatrical cut, which I think the director's cut is like a minute shorter. It is, yeah. Which uh, really Scott, I love that he was like, my director's cut? Fucking James Cameron, he's going to add 20 more minutes? I'm fucking taking some shit out of my alien movie. I'm saving you time. It's like he's like running for something. Like, who's, I think- who's giving you a director's cut that are shorter than the theatrical window? He's like, look, I'm 85 years old. I got shit to do, okay? I got to make three movies with Lady Gaga next week. I think he just trims a lot of the really long shots. Yeah. It doesn't seem mm-hmm. like it doesn't seem like he cuts any um significant scenes and he just and there's just really two additional scenes that are in yeah. the director's cut. Didn't I actually is, isn't the chestburster scene like longer? In the director's cut? I don't think so, but it, yeah, it could be, it. I guess. The I remember the theatrical cut, like it just the editing looked weird to me, so I was like maybe really went back. I and think like, both I think both of them are strange because when they, I mean, I watched the other documentary, which is like half about the chestburster scene, and it's like 
Oh, did you saying, watch Mem- Memory? Yeah, yeah. And um, they were having trouble with the the effect where it actually like bursts out of his chest. And I think they had to stop filming like two times like during trying to film it. So that's probably why it looks awkward. Yeah, and then in the original cut, when uh, the the alien bursts out, uh, and it's got its like little mouth moving. Um, in the original cut, it says, "Bursting makes me feel good." <laughs> Thank you for joining us in this episode. Of- <laughs> I just the chest burst scene cracks me up because uh, with John Hurt and everything. I love that he came back for Spaceballs and made fun of this. Yeah, Like, who else has done that (laughs) that you can think of that's, like, come back and made fun of? Well, there's, like, the lady from Jaws came back and made fun of that scene from Jaws in 1941. Yeah. Instead of a shark as a submarine. I'm trying to think what else. I think that's pretty much it. Anyway. Come back when we watch. We cover both those movies, that's, 1941 yeah, and Spaceballs. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, uh, that's also the director making fun of themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we need more of that. Um, Jaws, that piece of shit, am I right? <laughs> it's my new film, 1941. <laughs> yeah, Spielberg drunk <laughs> off his ass at, uh, at some fledgling film festival to promote 1941. <sighs> I just love that he. Anyway, we're not we're not doing that. uh, All right. So at the start of this movie is the 20th Century Fox fanfare, which the seeing the 70s fanfare in front of this just I was it's fucking weird to me. Like I feel like I at least could have had the 80s like logo, (laughs) but like the 70s one just it just. Anyway, so Ridley in the director's cut, you should have gone back and added the new one. Anyway. It doesn't take you back in a good way. It just seems out of place to me for some reason yeah, on that. Yeah. All right, that's all I got to say about that. Your uh, your your opening studio logo can't look worse than the film. It has to look as good as the film. Yeah. <laughs> Which um. Yeah, we know how obsessed I am with studio logos, as in the F9 episode, where it very much bothered me that it had the 90s Universal logo, but it was playing the modern fanfare. Oh, so, yeah, like, that is weird. It was just, it was like, what the fuck are you doing, Justin Lin? Anyway, that's why he quit the movie, because... That's the reason. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Look for that episode in May. I still can't believe we have another Fast and Furious movie coming out next year. It seems weird to me. We got two. Not next year, but we got two on you know in our future. Yeah. Is is Fast X two just gonna be Fast X Two Furious? That would be great. Too Fast X Two Furious X. <laughs> now is it the twelfth is it the twelfth movie? No, no, no. It's the second tenth movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's just funny right there. I don't care. I don't care, okay? Can um I this is completely off topic, but can anybody explain to me the the Scream 6 poster with the two exclamation points? Um Do you know I have not seen about? this. Oh, okay. Oh, cuz it's it's uh it's Scream 4 plus 2. That's what they're uh is No, that- I have no idea. <laughs> 
Because they really want you I don't to know scream when you say I don't it know if time. it's because it's like the second in like the reboot equal trilogy thing. Wait, where are you seeing it's just, this? It's really confusing. I, I like the idea of we're not going to use sequel number, numbers anymore. We're going right. to use exclamation points. So you know which movie you're talking about in the series by how loud you say it. Scream! No, no, no I was talking about Scream! <laughs> Which which scream are you seeing? I'm seeing a scream. Oh, I'm talking about scream. Yeah, yeah. I was doing a scream marathon. Oh, there's a there's a fan we poster chronological order. where it's called screams. Screams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, now I can't find Jane, it. James now Cameron directed crazy. that. He walked in. He James walked Cameron in. That. Walked in. Famously wrote an S behind scream, and they said, "What are you doing? Aren't you making an avatar?" And he goes, "Ah, it's the way of water." And they're like, "What?" He goes, "Nothing." <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how long the movie is. You can go pee whenever you want. By the way, uh, I think it's crazy. So I saw a, a cut of Avatar uh, ahead of time, and it's it's pretty crazy that the whole movie ends with uh, them dumping a bucket of water on uh, Stephen Lang's uh, uh, Avatar body and say that's the way of water. And then it's I a, can't believe Stephen Lang's back. I know. Tell me about it. And then. Uh, and then there's the the Warner Brothers. It's crazy that they got the Warner Brothers uh, uh, Looney Tunes uh, circle to to come on, and then a banshee comes out of it. Anyway, we talk. We, we did we watch Alien? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so the opening credits are done by Art Greenberg Associates, <laughs> and I love these opening credits. They're amazing. I like them too. The um, the slowly revealing the title and. And the imagery is pretty too. They uh, are Greenberg Associates. They did like um, the Dead Zone's very good. It's similar in which like the the it's being revealed. I'm trying to think what else they were the I think they were the first person to use computers for title sequences for True Lies because it's like oh, true right. and then like if it, it rotates and it says lies. Um, true Lies is the first computer generated like opening title sequence i think so yeah seems kind of late but i read like yeah i read like a big article on our green <laughs> associates one day and that was part of it huh. was them talking about that um anyway yeah i don't love how this movie starts because it's just like, it just shows you the production design and then <laughs> and then it just you're just slowly like what's going on and then just slowly pulls you in and then you finally like through dissolves and whatnot to see the pods and them slowly rising and getting out and wearing their little out. diapers. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I would. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could sleep in those. I mean, I'm like, I, I like, I like a baggy pajama. <laughs> I, well, I don't think they're actually sleeping. They're like in cryo sleep, right? Yeah, but they could at least get like a like a baggy cryo sleep outfit, am I right? You wanna, yeah, but you then, wanna, but uh, then uh, if they piss in there. Yeah. You ruin your pajamas. Right. You're going to, like, you you know, the ship, there's turbulence or whatever. You, know? you <laughs> might get some pee, like, dribbling down you. You got you to gotta have the Depends in there. Listen, if I'm dribbling, I'm wearing basketball shorts, okay? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Hold on, hold on. That's not until Prometheus. <laughs> oh, God. When, you know, I'm sure there's a cut of Michael Fassbender just hooping while everyone's sleeping. <laughs> Um, I do. I love the opening. I love all the production design in this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. All the sets are like actual big, 
built out sets, which is crazy, but also so cool and pays off so well. That's a note I had because like, especially with, uh, we're going to jump around the podcast. Sorry for spoiling a movie that's coming up on fucking 50 years of being anyway. No, it's like 45. Anyway, whenever Brett's looking for Jonesy and he's, it's just, Harry Dean Stanton walking through all these sets, and I was just like, I bet it was just amazing coming to work every day yeah. and just acting on these sets. Yeah. Um, in that uh, waking up sequence, um, uh, uh, Veronica Carter was talking about how they the the women had to put like tape over their their nippy nips, mm-hmm. uh, or else they wouldn't show in like five other countries, uh, and and at six minutes and thirty nine seconds. Now, 10 minutes into this picture, Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, I was thinking about pussy the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) That's our Harry. That's our Harry. Right. Oh, man. Harry Dean Stanton cracks me up. Like, there was a Douglas movie interview. Like, he was on an episode of Douglas movies for some reason. Famous episode of Douglas movies. I, 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 I listened to it the day it came out. Yeah. And... Yeah, who was it? Oh, what's her name? I know Paul F. Tompkins' nickname for her was Southie. God, what comedian was it? Anyway, she asked him, like, what was it like? Like, I questioned about P- Pretty in Pink and, like, whether or not, like, Molly Ringwald ended up with some dude or whatever. Was it Pretty in Pink or was it 16 Candles? It was 16 it was Candles. One of those, yeah. And then Harry Dean Stanton's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> 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 Which that movie is just out of place for Harry Dean Stanton. I would not expect him to be in a John Hughes teen movie. Yeah, I can't. Well, oh, Harry is he Dean the dad. Stanton. I think he's the dad in Sixteen Candles. In in that episode, he like they played Last Man Stanton, uh, but with Harry Dean Stanton movies, where you just literally go around and just keep naming movies from you know from whatever actor. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was it was Harry Dean Stanton. Mm-hmm. And the everyone else is like naming movies that he's been in. He's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't in that. That's like in uh, when he pops up in the Avengers. I was like, oh yeah, did Harry Harry Stanton wasn't even acting. He just showed up on set one day and like, <laughs> that's too funny. Which a movie uh, that he's in that everybody should check out is the street story, which is directed by David Lynch, which is, is a very weird, uh, whiplash effect where you have, it says like Walt Disney pictures presents a David Lynch film. <laughs> anyway, Harry Dean Stanton's in that movie at the very end. He's just at the very end and he's fucking, he's great in that movie. And he's just, he's probably has like less than five minutes of screen time. Anyway, check out the street story. It's on Disney plus. Then what? So uh, after they wake up, <laughs> um, where then we they're yeah, eating, re- right? Yeah, and um, I think my next note is just I want Dallas's Nostromo jacket because Dallas oh, goes want, and yeah, Dallas yeah, goes and talks to mother. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I right. love the like rainbow patch thing. I want one of those. Yeah, I remember. Um, like Alamo Draft House did a thing and. I want to say it was 2016 that did Alien Day, 
was it 2016? Yes, it was. And which they gave away like those patches, the pins they have on their uniforms. They gave away all that shit at special screenings. And me and friend of the show, Rick Grove went and it was a double feature of alien and aliens and aliens was in 70 millimeter, which we'll go oh, more into that next episode. Good. But, uh, I remember I walked in and they were like already sold out of all that shit. I'm sure it and, went like, fast. Which I didn't, I didn't see anybody selling them or anything like that. Then I saw a random dude with all that stuff, and I walked up to him. And it was just like I was like Harrison Ford trying to find his family, and I was like, <laughs> "Where did you find that?" <laughs> and he was like, "It's over there," but they're all sold out. I was like, "Thank you," and I went back to my seat. <laughs> anyway, they their uniforms are dope. I uh, famously noted in my notes, uh, I would wear a jumpsuit every day. I went to work last week dressed as a Ghostbuster. And I love. Why can't um, I do that? Every, why can't I do that every day? Yeah, I love uh, you're, you're a Ghostbuster. What's his name? The the uh, robot uh, Ash. Ha-ha, yeah, I love his jumpsuit. His like powder blue jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if they did like Star Trek, where like you know different people had different color. Because I feel like I don't know if Harry I Dean think Stanton that's and what- um. They were. I think that's what they were trying to do by like what their job was. Yeah. Um, I do know they said that um, Sigourney's was an actual like flight suit. I think, um, and they liked that because it had the like cool like ties on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the other ones. But it does seem like like dramaturgically they were trying to do different because everybody's is kind of a little bit different. Uh, mm-hmm. Lambert has like a like a green vest type thing with like a shirt underneath and different designations and stuff it seems like. What I'm getting from this conversation is that we all need to have our own specific Absolutely. That we wear every episode. <laughs> um I would not be allocating funds at his rich department. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please. <laughs> But Please. that's <laughs> that's when they find out that uh that they've received a mysterious transmission. Right. And then They also mm-hmm. were like awakened a little early, weren't they? <clears throat> yeah, well yeah, so while while Tom Scarrett okay. is, is talking to mother, they're trying to find out where they are and they're like, Oh, we're not in our home system. Uh where are we? And they realize they're like stopped halfway through their trip for some reason. What a shitty day at work. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. They're all just like, they're just transporting some shit. They're just basically like space truck drivers. Yeah. And they thought they were about, they thought they were at home too. They were at home. Up. They've yeah. been gone for probably years. And, and, oh boy, you know, you're looking to get home, have a nice hot space dinner with your, <laughs> uh, your, your space family. And, you know, just, just really just, you're probably underpaid as shit. You're trying to unionize, but, the corporations is keeping you down. Tr- union busting like a motherfucker. Two of them can't even get full shares. They get half shares. Yeah. And uh, and, and next thing you know, you wake up and you're not even home. You're not even home, <laughs> but you're getting some SOS from you don't know who. This isn't your, this isn't, you're not the Space Coast Guard. Okay. <laughs> this is, well, like, oh boy, what a wonderful place that humanity must be in that like strangers just stop to try and help strangers. And this is why strangers don't help strangers. Is this movie right here? That's the moral <laughs> of this story. Is oh, did anyone try to communicate with it? No, 
don't <laughs> stop for anyone. <laughs> that's my soapbox. <laughs> that's my that's the moral I'm taking away here on the night on, on election night 2022 <laughs> for our midterms. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, I could not because I already. They're not getting paid hourly. No, they're just getting like imagine? a share of what they bring yeah. back. I think. Yeah, and I'm just, I I'm not on salary. No, I I hope to never be on salary. I'm an independent contractor. Okay, I'm an independent contractor. I got my my what is it W nine? Is that what they they use or whatever it is. <laughs> i9 i9 yeah i got my i9 all right you know i don't have any benefits okay i don't get pto i need i have to get gig after gig and then and their contract their contract is really shitty too because they're like because they if they refuse to like help or like do this like extra thing which wasn't part of their job description then they don't get any of them any any of the money good samaritan law bullshit is this (laughs) so uh, yeah moral of the story do not get a job for will and (laughs) utani yeah it's just shady government company yeah i just anyway i had a thought but i lost it (laughs) Uh, I did want to mention um, that uh, Alien is the movie that's famously inspired uh, the Bechdel test. Um, And uh, I did try to pay attention to the movie to see if it actually passes the Bechdel test. And I think it it sort of does, but um, they've sort of updated, or most modern iterations of the Bechdel test is like a three-line exchange. And I think this movie only has two-line exchanges between... Ripley and um, Lambert, and one of them is in the scene where they're scanning the planet, and and she says, "I think Lambert says we're not," or or Ripley says, "I told you, like it's not our home system," and Lambert's like, "I know that." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that um, I I just think about at work. Where you're you're doing your job and you're not getting paid a lot, and then they yeah. ask you to do more. <laughs> this is just that's the I real know, and the of this fact, movie. The fact of the more, <laughs> yeah, and the more is so. It's like it's like they're not asking them to stay a couple hours to like clean up. They're like asking them to land on like an alien planet and like see what's going uh, on. Just just burst my chest open. Right <laughs> here. I could imagine I could this, imagine a mind is... job if if they were like, uh, "All right, Nick, you're you're almost done for the day, but you have to go drive an hour yeah. to do, do this thing. <laughs> do this for maybe five minutes and then drive an hour back." This right this right. Mo- Alien by Ridley Scott, 1979, is the greatest advertisement for quiet quitting, my friends. <laughs> I mean, that's what Yafet Koto was trying to do the whole time, and he was trying to get paid more money. Truly, he had to get to Baltimore, become Lieutenant Giordano. Oh, boy. Uh, I just the, the scene where he's like, uh, like, how long is this going to take? And then... Brett's like, I don't know, 17 hours. And he's like, yeah, it's going to take like 25 hours. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, you know, that's he's probably right not there. wrong. He's probably not wrong either. Cause it's always yeah, like, no. it's going to take this long and it always takes longer. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. I, watching this again, an aspect I love about this is that, <coughs> of course, I got a scratchy throat right in the middle of saying something. Cat scratchy throat? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> The uh, uh, I, the thing that I do like about this is like the first act is basically just kind of like a workplace comedy. Absolutely, is that what you're going to say, Nick? No, I was going to say it's a basic '50s sci-fi movie, mm-hmm. but they just right. added like oh, sure. a fucking yeah. exploding alien. Like yeah. it's this it, beat for beat. It's a sci-fi like '50s sci-fi movie, mm-hmm. '50s monster movie, but it's just. Like with Blade Runner, they like twisted something a little bit, and then it's like you know an original thing. Uh, that's something that's- that I think um, that Ridley Scott has said that is kind of like a B movie, but mm-hmm. that he wanted to shoot it as like an elevated, like it. an elevated, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, yeah, like his main influence was two thousand one and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right, yeah. right. Um, he actually on the commentary. He just straight up calls Ash a replicant, too, which is very funny. That is funny. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's funny. Yeah, he's, like, starting to describe, basically, like, what a cyborg is, and then he's just kind of like, hey, he's a replicant. <laughs> yeah. Which is, like, I was thinking about this today, because I feel like if if you if you would say, like, oh, yeah, Blade Runner and Alien take place in the same cinematic universe, I'd be like, yeah, 100%. I was kind of thinking about too <clears throat> when I was watching it. I was like, "Do you think that uh, the Ash knows he's a he's a cyborg or or an android or?" Well, no, we'll get into that. That's the yeah. yeah. yeah android I, I, is what they say in this yeah. universe. Yeah. Well, Yafet Koto calls him a he calls him a goddamn robot. Yeah. <laughs> we can <laughs> get into robot. it later, but that was just something I was thinking about on rewatching. Yeah, I think I the, do love what he's freaking oh, yeah. out and he has the stereotypical You think you think androids in the future are gonna watch this and be like, that's so fucked up. They have us like going like this with the robot arms. That's so fucked up. Well, it's just like when he was malfunctioning. Uh, otherwise yeah. he was he's he's moving around like otherwise. Normal. Yeah, at the in the because beginning, I does think, that like weird little yeah, jog? Yeah, where uh, I think, well, I do I, that every time really, I put on my shoes. Yeah, <laughs> I think really Scott like described that as just kind of like, hey, he does that weird little jog? It's just him like you know shaking the rust off. Yeah, <laughs> God, yeah, that is, that is oh. Bishop in in uh, Aliens is aware that or he he tells everyone he's a he's an android. Yeah. Well, the whole thing with Ash is that Honest he's like... androids. Thank yeah. you, Peyton. <laughs> um, the whole thing with Ash is like, I'm pretty sure he's aware he's an android. Okay. It's just that... They are not. But but they're, his, they're, his they're instructions not are not to let them know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the company... You know, the whole thing is like... By the way, this is another statement Sh- on companies shady, being shady fucked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fucking your your boss is fucking spying in on you to like counting your fucking keystrokes much. Yeah. Come back to the office. We're a family. Get out of here. <laughs> uh but yeah, like Ash obviously knows he's an android right, right. and then doesn't tell them because that's one of his directives. Right. And then he of course doesn't. He goes fucking crazy and then starts sweating cum and then they start <laughs> fighting him. <sighs> anyway, man, <laughs> I 
No, that, 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 the, <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what he's sweating. No, I hope your com- I hope your cum isn't that watery, Nick. <laughs> yeah, you need more viscous cum. You know what it looks like? It, it looks like he's sweating like silly putty or like liquid latex or something like that. It, it, I, mean, I think like it's he, milk. I think. Well, so yeah, they, and he's they, like drinking milk earlier. Yeah, yeah. They said that it's it like they didn't they just colored water white because if they actually used milk, it would fucking stink too oh, much. Yeah. Um, which is funny because like. Earlier in the movie, when they're dissecting the facehugger, there's just the oysters in there, which is oh, also yeah. really funny. Um, but, uh, oh boy, yeah. Um, it is, it's uh, oat milk, is what they're now, you oat milk, coconut milk. That's what they'd be using mm. today. I'll tell you what, right now, soy milk. Um, yeah, that shit's funny. It's just like a fucking, <laughs> <laughs> just like a fucking jizz robot, just malfunctioning. It might be because later on when he's like Full his head's detached, mm-hmm. when his head's detached, it looks like he's like glazed like a Krispy Kreme. So maybe it's like Krispy Kreme oh. glaze <laughs> liquefied that he's That's drinking. That's what we do with the glaze in the in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Well, you, did you see androids? the? Y'all saw the sign on the ship that says like fresh donuts. Like the the sign was on. So oh, the donuts yeah, yeah, just yeah. got made. Yeah, that neon was lit up. Yeah. That's. that's- the uh, 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 the eggs saw the the line the the light just lit up as it was passing by and hit that distress signal. Woke them up. I need that. Like, fresh, I want I some donuts. Clay. Yeah, uh, man. Anyway. Uh, something else I also never realized until the commentary. I realized this is just a more of a fucking podcast on the commentary of uh, <laughs> aliens alien than uh, the actual movie anyway um is is the design for the xenomorph is that way and i i just never fucking thought about it like this uh because those are like the the xenomorphs that incubate in humans and it mm-hmm. took on the form of like a bipedal bipedal a bipedal being whereas like if it fucking face hugged a dog There'd be like a fucking little doggy, little four-legged, you know, Zini's best friend. I do think, I I think that they might address that in the third movie. Yeah, I was about to say I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, sorry, sorry. Later movie. Yeah. Okay. I do think that that uh, the the xenomorphs incubate something else besides a a human. Oh, that is yes, yeah, a sloth in the fourth one, it's, it's <laughs> and, the, and the and the alien, alien just moves like, <laughs> <laughs> and then the mouth slowly comes out and just nibbles on a little bit of bamboo and then slowly retracts back in. The uh, that's something I have in my notes is that uh, the. The spacecraft that the space jockey's driving that they f- discover mm. is obvious. Is like it's a bombing, like vessel for like bombing other planets in which they just drop these eggs on the planet and then the eggs hatch. Facehuggers, like you know, put their shit inside of a human or whatever, right. and then chestbursters come out, and so- then the whole planet's just overrun with this stuff. That is scary, right? <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. I always thought that like the aliens somehow inhabit inhabited the whatever spaceship that was and like took it over. I guess. Yeah, there and I didn't even, think it was like related to even in the, the commentary. Space they were kind of not even like vague about it, but they just were 
like Ridley Scott himself was asking questions of just like, was it, you know, a transport ship? Was mm, it right, already right. there? Was it, you know, was it like a, 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 you know, actually carrying these things to drop and stuff like that? Like, like, I, it feels like that was kind of open. They didn't, I mean, I know Prometheus, we are, we mm-hmm. fuck around with that, that, you know, ship a little bit, but like, we never really get any, like, yeah, even in that movie, around, I don't like, think they answered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's <clears throat> that's how that's how I've always interpreted it is that it's mm-hmm. a because that's what Whalen Utani wants to use it for is as to a weapon, right? as a weapon but, similar to how the space yeah. jockeys do it. And then perhaps that's all that's all an actual big set, too. And that's insane. Yeah, I, I love the I love the little trick that the the big wide shot is actually Ridley Scott's kids wearing oh. the spacesuits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was James Cameron not James Cameron J.J. Uh, Abrams weird that I mixed them up uh, later did that for Star Trek uh, in like one of the little cave scenes oh, that's they cool. like dressed up some like uh, somebody's kid and like just put him in a miniature set <laughs> trust me J.J. Abrams is not correcting you confusing him with uh, James Cameron <laughs> Big Jim on the other hand hey 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 <laughs> I just the I don't know if y'all watched the Light and Magic uh, series on Disney Plus, but mm-hmm. just James Cameron, just a level of not giving a shit. I just I respect <laughs> that man so much because like ILM's like yeah we could do that if we like talking about the uh, the water snake or whatever into the abyss. Mm-hmm. They're like yeah we can totally make that effect if you lock the camera down and don't move it. And James Cameron's like no no. I'm moving that no, fucking no, camera. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop me. You can't stop me. Oh, God. That's so good. He just he's, like, he's like, you fucking figure it out. That's what I'm paying you for. And ILM's just like, shit. God damn it. All right. We'll, we'll invent new technology. Anyway. Uh, miniatures are great. Oh, yeah. Uh, whenever they're landing, uh, Ripley says, umbilicus clear. And that just made me laugh out loud because that's what's connecting... Uh, they reference the umbil- umbilicus a lot on Mr. Science Theater 3000. <laughs> so I feel like that's like a direct reference to this movie. So I noticed it the first time I liked it. Oh, do you think this is the first movie? Because they're like on the planet and there's like POV camera in the helmet. Do you think this is the first movie to ever do that? Like found footage or like. You know, like if you're like looking through like. A direct you know, you're feed. looking on a computer. Yeah, you're looking on a computer screen and you see somebody's like POV and they're like doing something. That's a good question. Um, I don't. It might be the first movie that does like a live feed. Like I know there was other movies before this that did found footage, but mm-hmm. I don't. That's a really good question. I would have to think about that. Yeah, I another movie referenced, uh, I think, by the screenwriter uh, on the commentary was uh, Fantastic Voyage. And it wouldn't shock me if they had something like a device like that in the movie. Not that mm. I've ever seen Fantastic Voyage, but it, that general conceit uh, mm. seems like it would lend to, you know, something like that. Yeah, I remember we watched that in health class in the eighth grade. And I just remember the only thing I remember is like the Russians being involved. And then anyway, I need to rewatch that movie. <laughs> it is I a cool. Remember. It is a cool effect, though. Yeah, it's just it's just like I just it struck me. I was like, oh yeah, this is the first, probably the first movie to do something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, 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 Scott was saying that to get that shot, uh, well, you he know was him. yeah, yeah, my buddy Scott uh, Ridley. <laughs> sorry, um, 
So Ridley to some people, but I call him Scott. You know, uh, uh, Anthony's brother. Um, oh, R.I.P. And uh, uh, anyway, so yeah, so we shot that uh, just like using the scale model and a um, and just like a, a video camera, like an early mm-hmm. videotape camera, uh, as he called it. Tape. We used tape. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, that was that was the handheld sort of footage yeah. for that. And then he played it. He played it the footage on a on TV the screen, and then, and then they, yeah, yep. and then recorded that picture so it would come out to look like that. I'm learning so much about this commentary on this podcast. <laughs> I feel like I'm like I'm. I'm you I'm might the, as well just have not even watched the commentary because we're just giving it to you right now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Which is funny because the umbilicus line. I was going through the subtitles trying to like figure out. I was like, did she say umbilicus? And like, I went back and went through all the different subtitles, (laughs) went through all the different subtitles. And there is an option to just watch the subtitles for the commentary on the movie. So I could have just watched the movie with the commentary subtitles. That's kind of a cool uh, thing. Because that way you can hear the dialogue and everything. Yeah. Um, And that it's during that part where um, I'm, I can't remember from the first time I watched it. Like, because obviously if you know that um, Ash is like, trying to to nurture the alien or whatever you can see like all the warning signs but i'm wondering if like the first time i watched it if i was suspicious of like how ash was acting when they were you know ridley finds out that it wasn't actually an sos it was like a warning message and he was like don't go out there to save them like they'll if it was a warning it'll be too late by the time you get there and that that type of thing like he seems to be acting strangely about like them going out and exploring I'll tell you, first time I saw this movie, I had no clue there was anything up with Ash <laughs> until he started uh, 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 becoming a one-man bukkake and <laughs> and then had his head knocked off. Well, yeah, because a lot of the people on the crew don't seem to like Ridley that much, or Ripley that much. Yeah. Yeah. Or not, they don't respect her, which is funny. I think I think if this movie came out now, there would be a lot of um, bros that didn't like it because of how uh, oh absolutely how, how progressive they would think it or how uh, woke they would say it was. One hundred percent. This Mary Sue all of a sudden can defeat an alien. She going around with a flamethrower trying to get a cat. Yeah. Uh, well, and because she's the one that's like, she's the one that doesn't want to let them in. Like when mm-hmm. when they're when they become compromised by the face. So this woman's just gonna do her job properly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Get the fuck out of here. This woman wants to get home alive. <laughs> okay. This woman's not willing to work overtime (laughs) Uh, that's the problem no one wants to work anymore oh boy you um you referencing ash being an android which i didn't realize this watching it this time if you watch parker a lot of the stuff he does i'm just like is he prejudiced against androids because, like, there's a part where Ash is sitting in his seat, and Parker's like, hey, uh, you're sitting in my seat. And Ash's like, oh, I'm sorry. And, like, gets up, yeah. and then Parker, like, wipes the seat off. <laughs> and then, like, later in the movie. he doesn't know he's an android the, then. Though. That's the thing, because I was, like, because watching this again, I couldn't remember if he knew or not. Right. Yeah, right. he wipes the and seat then, off because he's always leaving jizz everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, um. just dripping, dripping the goo. <laughs> 
<laughs> New shirt dripping the goo. So, uh, and then later on in the movie, they're talking about splitting up, and they were like, "Oh, Parker, you can go with uh, like." Parker has to go refuel the flamethrower. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Ash, why don't you go with him? And Parker's like, no, you're not. No, you're not going with me. <laughs> and I was just like, damn, he just fucking hates androids. <laughs> and then later on, he's like, he's a robot. He's a goddamn. I was like, oh, he did not know. He just fucking didn't like this I guy. Wonder if that's, <laughs> I wonder if it's like a, because before the, before uh, Ash um, goes crazy, um, he kind of like reads as like maybe uh maybe like homosexual so i wonder if that was that's sort of like the connotation of like maybe he's a little mm. homophobic bigoted, homophobic yeah yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't even think about that because hmm. he's so he's so he's so like um i just think it kind of reads that way because he seems so like eager to please uh Tom Skerritt's character. I can't remember his name. Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Um, and I know that's because like he's the one in charge and of mother and everything. But I don't know. I get that a sort of read. Huh. You don't even think about that. Maybe. You're just we're just peeling back layers of this movie, everybody. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's why I love doing this podcast. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, jumping back to my notes. Yeah, space jockey. They find the space jockey, and then they say exploded from the inside. Something happened, which <laughs> the mystery of the space jockey has always fascinated me because you're just like, this is this big ass giant in a spaceship that's like a skeleton. Yeah, and it's just you never know. And then of course Prometheus kind of takes away some of that later on, but um. Anyway, I'm just thinking about like, cause we, uh, on our trip, Rich and I went to the motion picture Academy and they have the original head from the movie like you. Oh, the space jockey. No, the, uh, the xenomorph, the xenomorph. Okay. And it's funny cause you can notice like the xenomorphs, like lips kind of curl back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was on ups, like, I guess all the like skin or whatever is like been, is like, has, has been taken off of it or like deteriorated mm-hmm. or whatever. Cause like, it's like kind of like as HR Giger describes it, sunglasses that go over, um, the top of the head. Giger. What a weirdo. <laughs> Our rest in peace. What a weird little guy. I know. But, um, I love him. but like, cause up underneath it's like a human skull. Right. And then they just put like us, this thing and that you can barely see through it. And then like that design, it always creeped me the fuck out, which, one of the reasons why I don't really am not a big fan of the the aliens design because it's not as scary as the original alien yeah, design. Yeah, yeah, they yeah you can't see through the through the headpiece. Yeah. But yeah, you can see all that stuff. You can see the wire, which like from the from the puppet of like the lips like snarling the lips or whatever. Pull back, yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was cool. They also maybe it was all that KY jelly they used to lather <laughs> up the alien. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just love it uh, whenever Dallas is in the air ducts, like, hunting, the and, like, his hand goes into it. Like, I just wanted Tom Scare to be like, man, who been fucking in here? Ash! <laughs> <laughs> That's just, God, anyway. Yeah, just rubbing, like, yeah, between takes, they would have to rub the alien down with KY Jilly, which fucking <laughs> cracks me up. Anyway, we need to make a short film, which we got to rub down. I don't know. Anyway, in the um, in the in the uh, uh, behind the scenes thing, I watched um, Veronica 
Cartwright was talking about their costume, I think, Mr. Uh, their costume person and they called uh, they called him mother their so their costume mother and he was and apparently when they had to oil up the alien uh, mother was always like I'll do it I'll do it and they like rub the, <laughs> rub the jelly all over the actor playing the alien so funny oh man I yeah, love anyway. Veronica Cartwright I think I was just thinking about how I think she's like because I realized like how many horror movies she's been in, and I was like, she's really like an underrated scream queen because she's like such a good performer. Um, yeah, she but is. People like, don't like her talk about her very often. I just saw an interview with Justin Long where he talked about her, and I was like, thank you. Like, yeah, his uh, yeah, her fe- like her fear in this movie is just so genuine. Mm-hmm. Well, and she thought she was going to play Ripley in the movie, so she was kind of pissed when she showed up and found out she was going to play Lambert. <laughs> oh, she was in The Birds. Yeah, yeah, I'm look, she, I'm, yeah know, she's she the, I just found out she's the little girl from The Birds. I was like, that's crazy. Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That movie is fucking great. So good. I have, like, so good. I'll randomly think about that movie. Oh, man. And I love her as, like, the... She's, like, the... um crazy Christian woman in um, The Witches of Eastwick. Mm. <laughs> I watched that movie for the first time um, within the, like, since the pandemic, and yeah, the movie was very, very good. Anyway, this has been Nick Remembers What He Watches. <laughs> yeah, her invasion of Body Snatchers, yeah, that image, yeah, okay. That's like, she's in the famous, like, final Right, a little bit right. at the end of that movie with her iconic scream. Oh yeah. Anyway, she's a, she's a good screamer. Yeah, she is. Put um, her in more stuff and make her scream. Speaking of Veronica Cartwright and the part of the movie that we're at when they in the director's cut when they come in from outside, she like smack. She like hits. Oh yeah, uh, Ripley. Ooh yeah. <laughs> Damn, I'm gonna have to watch this director's cut. Yeah, there were apparently like a lot more um, like uh, uh, like relationships implied between the crew members. There's some uh, per- perhaps a, a love triangle between some of the characters. Um, yeah, yeah, juicy stuff. Um, I actually yeah. like the I like the directors and the um, extended cuts for the Alien series in general, especially when we get to the later sequels. Yeah, I definitely need to watch the work print for Alien Three. Yeah, <laughs> since that's like David Fincher famously directed that movie and made this work print, and then Fox yeah. was like, "Ah, we don't like it." But the the James Cameron um, Aliens uh, extended cut is good too because it just gives you a lot of background and establishing stuff that you don't get from the regular one there's a lot more it like really hammers in the mother theme with yeah Ripley. which is like i have like mixed feelings about but i think it works really well for that film mm-hmm. uh let's see where are we at yeah horror oh yeah i've said that if we break quarantine we could all die which ugh. Back in 2020, that was that that phrase was being thrown around left and right. I just remember people kept posting that clip on Twitter like every day. We can't break quarantine. Let's see, analyzing Kane and the face hugger. Yeah, oh, that God. part. The thing, the thing that always gets me is the tail like tightening around his mm. neck. Mm-hmm. 
and the acid blood that was always very very cool which i read that um i love ron how it goes cobb, the floor yeah yeah ron cobb who did like the visual like did the art like concept art for this said like that was his idea that was his idea which i did i never knew until i read that on imdb oh, that's yeah funny. they were talking about how like well how, uh, you know you got to make it like note the, you got to make the monster note proof you know so it's just like oh why don't they just like stab it or shoot it with bullets or you know it's like oh it's in- invincible to bullets and it's like well if you get an acid blood that shit will go through the hole and then you know the whole thing's shot the shit today was actually the first time that i noticed like on that shot of the acid blood going through the floor that i noticed like if you look at the rest of the tile it's just like painted styrofoam which is oh, that's funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love in these two movies now have given me some of my favorite examples of of seeing the seams and I and I love it in uh uh th- this with the seeing that styrofoam and then in aliens in the like the um the one shot uh in like the the sewer where like the big motherfucker comes out like you could see the 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 the, the strings, wires the wires like pulling it up it's like oh i fucking love i don't know i love it i don't give a shit i don't give a shit i um so like now with 4k tvs and technology right. and all you, that stuff you'll see you, that stuff yeah mm-hmm. um i I got, I got the, uh, this is time for Nick's heat corner in which Nick Lathan <laughs> talks about heat for five minutes. <laughs> I got the heat 4k and Jesus Christ, that is the most imperfect movie. And it's so beautiful for it. There's like straight up a shot of Ted Levine. that's out of focus and it's in the fucking movie. Like everybody <laughs> is important is out of focus. And you're just like, Michael, man, I love you. <laughs> you. You knew that shit was out of focus and you fucking put that shit in there. You got away with it. He got away with it. For this long, <laughs> and like I just, there's just, uh, it's just, it's, I just, there's just so much in it. You're just like that shot's out of focus. That's out of focus, and like they just didn't give a shit. It's just the fucking movie's great, and who gives a shit if it's out of focus? Yeah, oh, anyway, there. I love how how <laughs> Blu-ray and 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 all these technologies and 4K are just exposing all these directors. <laughs> oh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future is oh, the I'm fucking sorry. worst culprit. I the know. fucking old age makeup in Back to the Future. Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I straight up, like, won't even... Like, unless I hear there's, like, a particularly good transfer or, like, you know, remastering or anything like that on, like, any movies older than, like, like from before 1991... I kind of will just like, just, yeah, give me the, give me the cheapest option. Is the DVD the cheapest? Let's go with that. (laughs) That's fine. You know, and like, unless it's, unless it's gotten a huge upgrade with quality and it's like really going to enhance the whole stuff, like, I'm good. I'll save my money. What I've noticed in regard to 4K movies, like 4K, like Ultra HD versus Mm Blu-ray, older movies benefit the most. Like these newer movies, yeah. whatever. But like older right. movies, the, they look oh, so fucking okay. good in 4K. All right. All right. The Indiana Jones movies, holy shit. It's like watching it for the first fucking time in 4K. It's oh, insane nice. how good it wow. looks. And they did a new color grade for uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So now it actually looks like the rest of the other movies. Because originally it looked like it had a fucking Instagram filter over it. Like it was yeah. like this gold, like this had this like gold filter. And now it's like, oh, it looks like the other movies now. That's great. Anyway, this is a little bit been... closer, a little bit closer to it not being Crystal Skull. Yeah. 
I remember I watched that. I'm movie. just happy they brought back Karen Allen. That's that was I had fun with that, and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> that was that, and that is it. That is all there is. That's <laughs> that all sequence. You can say. And I think Kate Blanchett plays the villain, which I guess is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she, she plays she's like very a good at it. Russian. Which, yes, uh, or she's like Ukrainian. Yeah. yeah. I think she's vaguely not a Nazi. Not a Nazi is basically yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which, by the way, um, I what I saw Tar last week, and let me tell you, that movie's fucking great. Yeah, (laughs) I I just listened to a two-hour spoiler-filled podcast because I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to see it. But even after after having listened to a full spoilers podcast on it, it's like. Fuck! I need to see this movie. There is a there is a scene in it in which she's teaching a class at Juilliard. It's all in one take, and it's like a Spielberg take in mm-hmm. which, like, oh, wow. it's like a setup. Camera camera rotates setup, and then like character moves, and then the camera follows that character setup. And it's like it's it's a bunch of shots, but they're connected with the camera like moving or rotating or it's just it's just fucking great. And of course, Kate Blanchett and like. There's a scene in which, like, I'm. It's just, it's just Kate Blanchett and Mark Strong talking to each other, and they're talking about composer shit, conductor stuff. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, <laughs> but it's still good. It's very inside baseball, like this conversation, and you're like, oh yeah, what are your, what is your rating sheet, and like all this stuff. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what that is, but this scene's great. <laughs> anyway, um, good, good movie. And Kate Blanchett. All right, we're trying to link this back. Let's fill in the gaps. Let's go back to... Oh, speaking of classical music, Dallas was listening to classical music in the pod whenever Kane wakes up. Oh, nice. Yes. What's he listening to? I don't know, but like, I just think it's... I was trying to link back classical music to right, right. the yeah, movie. Yeah. And, but I do think it's funny in futuristic movies. They're like, it's always classical music they're listening to. It's never right. like... Some like modern pop because nobody ever wants to attempt to make pop music from the future. Right, right. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I love the scene. Um, I think when he's in there, when Rip, when Ripley's like talking to Ash and is like, "So you didn't think like following the rules would be a good idea?" I think that's really good. I just like uh, Sigourney Weaver so much in this movie, and this was like her oh, first movie. And she's. It's funny because she's like a stage actor before this, and like her her performance is like more muted, I would say, than a lot of the other people in the movie. Yeah, she's um very subtle with her her role. Yeah, for sure. And um, Tom Skerritt's pretty pretty chill, I guess. Right, right. He's like the most laid back space captain. <laughs> I know. It's funny because I like I saw this in IMDb, which I don't know if it's true or not, but um. Like Ripley was originally offered to Meryl Streep. Oh, interesting. I and then they don't say anything about that in the in the features, but it could be true. And then Tom Skerritt, uh, Dallas was that was offered to Harrison Ford, but Harrison Ford turned it down. So we could have had a movie with Meryl Streep and Harrison Ford in space. Anyway, that's crazy. I mean, we, we, st- we still could. We still can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So before this, yeah, um, Sigourney Weaver was in a TV series, and it just says TV series. It's like I don't know if it's an episode or whatever. Right. <laughs> she was Alvy's date outside a theater in Annie Hall, and then oh. she was in a miniseries. Then she was in another movie called Madman. 
And then, oh, starring Michael Beck and F. Murray Abram? Abraham? That's it. That's the cast. Michael Beck, F. Murray Abraham, and Sigourney Weaver? Okay. Anyway. Huh. Anyway. Um, and then Alien was the next one after that. Anyway. Gosh, she went from... Ah, oh, man. Within two years, she did Ghostbusters and Aliens. It's insane. Sigourney is Sigourney had like kind of an unstoppable streak there, man. Like, I mean, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, know why you're laughing. <laughs> all of her, I mean, you know, look at who she's worked with though. Between Ivan Reitman, James Cameron, and Ridley Scott, like that's a that's like a Hall of Fame career right there with the movies that she did with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then famously in that Shyamalan, she was in The Village. Oh right, she is in the village. I remember that movie when that movie was like coming out. There was a uh, like rumblings of like there's like she did an interview where like she couldn't sleep after reading the script. And I just remember my mom. I, I told that that because my mom likes in that Shyamalan. I told her that that pull quote from that article, uh-huh. and she was like, and my mom was like, oh, well, you, you know, she was an alien, so that says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh uh, man! I need to rewatch The Village. It's been a long time. That's a weird ass movie. That fucking twist in that movie, I was just like, "What the fuck, Shyamalan?" Right, right. Uh, oh man! Uh, I remember. Have either of you seen Don't Worry, Darling? No, no. not yet. I'm okay. Once I, I don't want to spoil the it. Then. Was oh, I, you know I, what the twist I, is? I I know what the twist is, which made me want to actually see it because I had right. no interest before. Right. All right, uh, listener, hit the plus thirty. Uh, thing now if you don't want to know the spoiler but what the fuck is the twist of this movie because I'm not going to see it Um, well I kind of when I saw the movie and it started I was like oh this is going to be like the village like it's a 50s town like outside of like the parameters and she's going to escape and then see people in the modern day and it's kind of like that but it's not they're like all in this like computer program thing it's basically basically. a Stepford Wives in the metaverse right yeah. I gotta yeah. watch this movie. Exactly. Now. See? Exactly. Like lead with that. Screw your twist. Give me give me Zany. That's like uh there's uh there's this movie with Bruce Willis called Surrogates, and they give away the twist in that trailer. Oh, and I was like Yeah, I've seen surrogates, yeah. They gave away the twist in the trailer, and I was like, that's but like this don't worry, darling twist, that's something you put in the trailer. I, right, right. <laughs> there was um Apparently, there's an earlier version of the script where the twist, like, is revealed earlier in the movie. And I think it would have... I, I didn't think Don't, Don't Worry Darling was terrible. I thought it was fine. But I, I think it would have been better, probably, if the twist was earlier on in the movie and there was more stuff after the twist. The fact that I had to, like, find out the things that I would be disposed towards liking about this movie... I had to find out these things in the most circuitous of fucking ways. Right. Like, it wasn't until they were in Venice that I knew that Nick Kroll was in the fucking picture. Right, right, right. You know? I I listened to a podcast months after the fact with spoilers that tell me what the twist is. <laughs> uh, like, all these things are just like, well, if I would have known about this beforehand, and not that it was just simply the movie that uh, uh, Olivia Wilde and, and Harry Styles got together on... Right, right. Cause Jason Sudeikis to throw himself under her car because of the special <laughs> salad dressing. 
Maybe I would have been interested in it to begin with. <laughs> Who else? Kate Berlant's in it, too. It's like, yeah, yeah, she's really fuck? good in it. Yeah. Yeah. God, you know who else has wavy hair? Sigourney Weaver oh, in the boy. film Alien. I was going to say, I was going to say, speaking of dressing, how about those clams that they used for the face hugger? <laughs> <laughs> the fa- that um, scene always grosses me out. I hate when he like... The autopsy? The, yeah, when he pokes it. at the face hugger. Yeah. It was, it, it, I have this in my notes, but this is the point at which I started thinking about. Have you seen Yodorowsky's Dune, the documentary? Mm-mm. Fucking watch it. It is like like Alejandro Yodorowsky like had the rights. He was like making a Dune movie, and it was nuts. Like H.R. Uh, Giger was making all the Harkonnen stuff. Like he right. was doing all the concept art for all the Harkonnen. And then is it Mobius? Anyway, him and like I think Ron Cobb worked it's on it as well. Morbius, Nick. Thank you very much. <laughs> It's Morbin time, everybody. But uh, anyway, yeah, he's like a French artist. But like, he did all the he did all the um, uh, Atreides stuff, and then I haven't Dan seen O'Bannon any of the Dune stuff. Oh, uh, and then Dan O'Bannon, who wrote this movie, was doing the special effects, which he br- right. he brought it up in the. But he was doing the special effects since he did Dark Star, mm-hmm. and then. So H.R. Giger, that's how, so, so through that, that's how H.R. Giger got onto this movie, was through Yodorowsky's Dune. And anyway, it's just like a whole thing of like, it's a what if thing. Like, that's a movie yeah. I've always wanted to see is Yodorowsky's Dune. So, you know, I feel like watch this and then watch that. You'll get to see how that Dune became this. And anyway. While also eating like, you know, like a dozen oysters or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be a, you know, an immersive experience. God. The first, anyway. I do remember the first time watching this movie, the um the the like cheap jump scare when um uh uh Kane wakes up or not Kane is that his name Kane? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Kane wakes up and the the like box falls over or something that got me. Uh oh, speaking of Kane, I um there was like a construction like little sign for like somebody doing housework around my neighborhood mm-hmm. and it said brothers construction. And then I thought, Oh, that'd be great if it was called brothers, brothers of construction. Of construction? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that what's funny about that, that jump scare is that the tail comes down for the face hugger first and then it falls. Right. Same fucking thing happens with the alien later in the movie where the tail comes down first and then it attacks Brett. Anyway. Okay. Nice job, Ridley. Okay. We see what you did. <laughs> But I just, I would just love it. Ridley Scott was like, "Yeah, I planned that." And the looks of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I love listening to Rid, uh, Ridley's description of like why he did things. Like, because there's a lot of stuff in this <laughs> yes. movie. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that he does that like is not scientifically possible or accurate to like how space works, like how like there's air moving through and blowing papers and things like that. But one mm-hmm. of the things, like the the scene that you're talking about with Harry Dean Stanton, um, yeah, oh, uh, where he yes, walks yes, through yes, yes, and yes, the water is yes. coming down. He, I, he Ridley was talking about how like the production was like, why is there water? And he's like, I, I don't know. It's like condensation or something. And they're like, why is there condensation? And he's like. I don't know, like something's so, something wrong broke. with the ship or something. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's like, he's I, just I, like, I need there to be atmosphere. Get out of my, get out of my shit, y'all. God. I just, he's like, at the beginning, he's like, here they are waking up from, I don't know, cryo sleep, whatever bullshit. I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, whatever bullshit I had to tell them to make this make sense. <laughs> it just reminds me of that scene from um, uh, uh, Thank You for Smoking. Uh, where I think it's like whatever the whoever the movie producer is, I think it's like Rob Lowe. He's just like, oh yeah, they'll have cigarettes in space, and uh, they don't blow up because of the uh, the the the, the smokeizer or whatever. I don't know. We'll fucking make it up. It's fucking great. That's basically really Scott through like yeah. a third of the commentary. It's fucking great. He's like, whatever fucking bullshit you need me to say, just get off of my shit. I just yeah. It's just it's just it's just. Cause it looks cool. Yeah, it's like yeah, an it's alien. Cool. It works. Yeah, yeah. Like at the uh, even at the the end with the 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 ro- the rockets or whatever the boosters. He's just like hey, it's it's fucking plasma. I don't know. What do you get off my fucking nuts? <laughs> <sighs> it's funny because later um, in Aliens at the beginning of the movie, whenever they find Ripley's uh, pod, and like this laser comes through, and does the laser just like l- scans the whole thing? Oh right, right. and then leaves. <laughs> And apparently, that was just some shit that James Cameron saw, which is like, oh, that'd be cool. And then <laughs> his wife at the time, I think they were married at the time, but Gail Ann Hurd, who was the producer, was like, James, we're not putting, Jim, she probably called him Jim, we're not putting that shit in this movie. Like, that'll, and James Cameron's like, fine, I'll take some of my Terminator money and we'll put this in there. <laughs> no, it was probably Rambo 2 money at this point. Anyway, yeah, but he was like, let's Terminator take some of my Rambo. didn't come out yet, I don't think. Well, Terminator was 84, and at okay. this point, he'd probably written Rambo 2. So I'm, I'm going to say this is Rambo 2 money. Anyway, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to take some of my Rambo 2 money, and I'll pay for that shit myself. Because it looked cool. Now, you anyway. see, I, I am a little surprised to hear that, because Big Jim does strike me as the type of person. It's like, if there's something like that works in like Avatar, he could tell you exactly how it works, why it works, the way it works, how it worked before this version, how it's going to work <laughs> after this version. But like, yeah, I guess, I guess Cameron in the eighties is just like, let's just fucking, let's blow shit up. Let's, this is going to be cool. Yeah. There's be a lot of them. He, I feel like he started off as like a Michael Bay type and then like morphed into yeah. the world building. Whereas, like, Michael Bay, instead of doing that, just become increasingly more... I mean, he's, at well, this point, he's referencing his own movie. I was going to say, Michael Bay has <laughs> built a world. It is of himself. <laughs> where only his movies are the ones hitting theaters. Have you Peyton, have you watched Ambulance? No. Is it, it's Michael Bay, isn't it? Yeah. yeah but, it's like, Michael there's Bay. there's one character that references two Michael Bay movies in a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> in, like, the first great. 30 minutes or something like that? It's it's, it's the first 10. First it's gotta be... It's the first 10 to 15 <laughs> minutes. It's just immediate. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Love it. What are we at now? Oh, yeah. Chestburster. So... Yeah, they're hanging out at the dinner table, and I just like Kane starts choking because you know the chestburger is coming out. Right. And just I just love Parker going, "The food ain't that bad, baby." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, another thing that cracked me up is that like Harry Dean Stanton has like a cigarette in his mouth, and it's like there the whole time when they're trying to like hold him down. <laughs> <sighs> that's some, like, that's some good. Cigarette I can't lose acting. my cigarette. <laughs> Well, I'd imagine I, I, Harry Dean Stanton could could probably 
uh, uh, have a whole class on cigarette acting. Speaking of Harry Dean Stanton, uh, at this scene, uh, <laughs> he he. Uh, so uh, a little before that, at fifty three minutes and fifty four seconds, um, he's talking about the the scene where they're all kind of like freaking out. And, and this is the commentary, and, right? Yeah, this yeah. is from the commentary. <laughs> and um, there's that part. There's a part where uh, uh, someone asks his character, like, "Why do you always say right after he says something?" Uh, and then he's like, well, why don't you go fuck yourself? And he said that in character. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> and then they, everyone was not expecting that. So they had to st- stop. And yeah. And then uh, after the chest burster scene, uh, uh, Harry Dean Stanton called it airplane food. And then says, I thought it was real. <laughs> <sighs> Harry Dean. HDS. Bless him. My favorite, uh, one of my favorite bits in Twin Peaks: The Return is that um, his character has uh, has a flute that he only he he blows, and then a car shows up and like takes him places. And it's <laughs> it only happens once. It's never explained, and it's just Pete, David Lynch, Harry and Stanton. It's just fucking great. Anyway, chestburster scene. So this made people throw up in the theater. I guess like 1979, you're used to... Yeah, we saw the Star Wars movie a couple years ago. Hey, how, how different could it be? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the production people on um, on Return of the Jedi worked on this movie. Um, So that's kind of cool. He did the... I think he did the miniatures. Oh, man, and they these were miniatures. For the Nostromo and everything, yeah. They were, they were talking about... Uh, they're talking about on um, that old commentary, uh, but it's true though what they're what they're saying here is like you they didn't lie on the commentary. They told they, the truth. They were all taking polygraph <laughs> tests, and it actually it like shows up their polygraphs <laughs> along with the movie. Uh, I that would actually I want that, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were saying they were they were talking about how like you only have the chance to like be novel once. And then mm-hmm. after that, like after you you've shown an audience something that they've never seen before, every time after that is homage, you know. And so like they were doing a lot of things that were being seen for the first time. And so I mean, you know, even if you've seen uh, Star Wars and Star Trek and two thousand one, there's still probably going to be some stuff in the first half of this movie you've never seen before to the point. Because it's also so visceral as well, to the point where like you see the face hugger and it's like you know what, yeah. Because <laughs> it's not only stuff you've never seen before; it's stuff you've never you couldn't even imagine before. You know, like right. you can imagine like you know a space suit and you know uh, alien eggs. Okay, maybe. Um, but yeah, just like the 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 pure like jarringness. Of of just these these the uh, honestly like you know we've mentioned them several times on here already but the 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 Giger designs are are, are seriously something that are going to go down for all time like these specific ones the chest burster puppet is so cool too because you can like mm-hmm. see it breathing and mm-hmm. like the the mo- the movement on the the jaw and everything is really interesting like all the practical effects in this movie are so good and yeah. You, oh uh, my god, I love practical effects so much. <laughs> you uh, you bringing up Giger 
What's funny about Giger's designs is that that is just so much... The shit he drew is so much scarier to me than the movie is. Sure. Right. Like, oh, we haven't... Well, I'll probably talk about it more in the in the C- Covenant episode, but the fucking poster for Alien Covenant is the scariest fucking thing to me. It is so frightening. Now... Scarier than the movie, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> so so that that's like I guess we'll get to that in like Covenant in the later movies but like I like how do you think it would have been had they been able to been more accurate to those original designs but it would have had to have been like a CG or some sort of like other visual effect that isn't like practical or something like that you yeah. know like it would have it would have killed the vibe of the movie. Hands yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't sort, know. All sorts of like tension. It would have brought it back down to a to a B movie. I feel like the only way performances and everything. Yeah, else. I feel like the only way they could replicate Geiger's like like actually replicate it would be if it was an animated film. Yeah, could mm. you imagine if this was done like heavy metal? Yeah, that'd be crazy. Jesus. That'd be really good. <laughs> Oh man! All right, I'm currently doing. I'm going to start a Kickstarter for the uh, for the heavy metal version of Alien because I think that would fucking work. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that shit's fucking scary, man. Like just watching HR Giger explain his little, you know, it's hard for me not to go into like the super ego sketch. He's like, "This is the bone cage," <laughs> you know, like all this weird stuff. Like, there's a part in the documentary part that I watched in which he was showing like a chair he made. He's like, "Yeah, it's a skull on top of a spine. That's the back of the chair." <laughs> there's anyway. a picture that they show in one of the documentaries of him with a cat, and the cat kind of has like a mangled face. And I don't know if that was like his own personal cat or like who's. Like where that cat came from, but it's just it was, so it was, all encompassing it was, of his his personality. <laughs> you think uh, you think Giger would uh, get a cat on loan? He's like, I need a cat. For- <laughs> I need a cat to be in the, the documentary. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't even part of the. Do- it was just like they were showing pictures of him, so it was just still images of him with this cat. Um. So I'm assuming it was like his own personal cat, but it was just funny. That's, that's so good. Just him like cheesing with like this cat in his all black, like his, with his little black bandana tied around his neck. Uh, yeah. Speaking of cat, so they go into the bug hunt, as I call it, and then they think they're finding a cat, the alien, where it's actually Jonesy the cat. <laughs> Jonesy I don't know how star. y'all feel. Up, I don't know how you feel about Jonesy, but he. His presence on this movie just it was just like fucking. This is why you shouldn't have pets in the workplace. <laughs> I um I don't I think Jones was in the original script, but in in the commentary, um Rid, Rid, Ridley talks about uh, I'm how, listening. You know, <laughs> you know that he really loves his dogs, and if his dogs were on the spaceship, then he would definitely go back for them. But before I listened to the commentary, I remember watching the movie again, and I was like, "Oh God, she really does go back to get that cat," and like she should have just left the cat. Like, I have a cat, and like, I'm sorry to everyone, but I feel like if I was on an alien spaceship where the alien was killing me, and I didn't know where my cat was, I would. I would leave the cat there. Like I would be emotionally destroyed when I left, but I would not be worried well, you'd be about alive. the cat. 
yeah, I would be alive and I wouldn't be worried about getting the cat off of the ship. Like, here's uh, the thing about the here's the thing about the cat and the self destruct sequence. <laughs> cat would have been dead instantly. Yeah. Like <laughs> And even the xenomorph like sniffed a little pet taxi and was just like I know. I'm good dog. Yeah, I know. <laughs> would have loved to have seen a, a cat xenomorph though. That would have been fun. Um I, I feel uh, like I feel like the um the xenomorph just couldn't open the cat basket. Like it's his hands like just weren't meant for that type yeah. of mechanism. Uh, so but, uh, we can all agree that Jonesy's the the original bodega cat, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just hanging out at the workplace. Um, so when uh, uh, Dean Sands character is like going through the implausible condensation chamber, uh, he he's talking about like and he's picking up like the skin from the, the, oh, the, the yeah, from the gross. baby uh-huh. alien. The uh, he's like uh, uh, in the commentary. He said, uh, you know, I, I I could play crying, I could laugh. I could cry, but I could never play terror. So if he needed to cry or to be crying, he could do it or laugh, <laughs> but he can't play terror. Not until later. Um, I just thought it was funny that like, oh yeah, I could play crying. I could cry. Yeah. He says that like he plays that scene like in wonder and amazement. Yes. And he's like, he's like, I wish I could have played at terror. And I was like, but it really does work because like the alien hasn't, I mean, it's killed um, Kane, but mm-hmm. like, the alien hasn't really like killed any of them, so they don't know that it's like bad yet. I guess right. Yeah, it hasn't attacked anybody. Right. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it just sort of killed Cain because that's how it was like incubated and how right. it was born. Yeah. Um. So I think that that performance makes sense. There's also not much time for him like to be scared. I guess. Yeah, and I would also be a little bit more like well, he would just kind of like in on like one or just like what the fuck is this instead of just right. like oh no yeah because nobody's Cause that yeah. assumes you know like what that, it is like that you know yeah. what happened yeah. plus i would i could not help but play, put act in wonder if i was in those sets i'd be like right wow. right yeah. look at this yeah. condensation also do you think uh like once they're able to kind of get like the the alien population under control then like they're able to you know farm the xenomorphs and and be able to take their skin. Do you think they make like alien skin boots at a certain point? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I got these new Air Zenos. <laughs> Those the eights? Oh, the twos. <laughs> now I'm just picturing cowboys going around and like roping xenomorphs and oh, we need to we need to make the, we need to make a alien western. A space cowboy movie <laughs> with the aliens. Space truckers? No, we're space cowboys. Oh man, where am I at? In my the shot of Jonesy watching Brett get killed is so fucking good. Yeah, um, it's just an iconic like. I remember that from the great movie Rye pre-show. Because <laughs> it's in the Aliens trailer or the Alien trailer. <laughs> I just do that commentary real quick for us, Peyton. Do the whole it. thing. Do the whole ride. <laughs> I don't know if I remember it now. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking funny, dude. I could not imagine riding a ride so much that you would memorize that. Yeah. Doesn't mullet and being he a weird the Soren opening? And then being such well, a weirdo a that I'm like saying the words as the host is doing it, and she's like, 
do, do you want to do it? Like, <laughs> I'm sure she was nicer about it, but like, I can't imagine what she was thinking. Uh, I'm only getting, I'm only getting half a share. Do you want to do this? <laughs> Nick, I was, uh, I just remembered last night when we were waiting for the Pinocchio ride and we were waiting by the exit by the guy who was like operating the ride. And mm-hmm. I was like looking over her shoulder and the guy was like, you want to know how it works? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, just telling me how the buttons work and what does what. And then he like stopped and did some other stuff. I'm like, well, what about that? He's like, oh, all right. Yeah, all well, this. <laughs> that guy was great because I made a point break reference and he got it. It was a, okay. it was the most specific point break reference and he fucking got it. And I was just like, hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, I instantly got a job at Disneyland after I got a job offer after because they were like, oh, yeah, this guy referencing point break. He's, t- he's talking about the character Papa's by Gary Busey. <laughs> he they quoted him. You talking to me too? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Sets. Oh, yeah. Dallas talking to mother asking, what are my chances? That's fucking like just asking all these questions. They're like, there's not enough data. We're just like, Motherfucking nose. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I wonder yeah, the like, whole- how much, how they knew what the, they must have had someone go there before or something, like how they knew that there was an alien life form there or whatever. Because when Ripley finally like gets to access Mother, like the instructions are like, find the life form or whatever. And You're trying to tell it. me, hold on, you're trying to tell me there was an elf on that planet too? An elf? Is that what I said? Alf, an oh, alien elf. life form. Alf. <laughs> you tell me they swung by Melmac. <laughs> I'm you sure know, somebody you has. You know there wasn't an elf there because Jonesy would have been snatched up like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was about to say I'm sure somebody has made a movie poster for Alf oh, with sure. Jonesy and like Alien, <laughs> yeah. like Alf, and I'm just gonna edit. I'm just going to redo the opening credits, but it just spells ALF instead of alien. <laughs> Which I could probably fucking do that. Uh, fuck. I've never watched an episode of ALF, but I know so much about ALF. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm, 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 I'm looking at my notes. Dallas and the Air Ducks. This whole sequence is just... Dallas and the Ducks. The way that the air ducts close is like so cool. Yeah. And that sound is so... The sound like in this movie is so good. Good sound design. Yeah. You know another movie that had great sound design? Tar starring Kate Blanchett. (laughs) The... This makes me think of this. I kept thinking about the game Alien Isolation, which I still haven't beaten it. I got into a specific point. Every time, and I've always stopped the game because I was like, I got, I got to do other stuff. I can't get into this right now. But it's like I always get to the point in that game right before they like you your first encounter with the alien. Just oh, not very like far. The, yeah, it's the dread that gets built up in that game, right, and like right. I'm just like, uh, I don't want to do this game. Yeah. This might be, this might be, this might be too spooky. <laughs> I love the style of that game, though. It's very cool looking. Yeah, I have it. I just need to fucking play it. Anyway, loaded up on PS5. Um, yeah, Dallas. Dallas's death is cool because it just just cuts. I love to, like, he's like, Where goes. is it? And the alien's like, I'm right here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted a hug. 
Yeah, yeah. Then, <laughs> That's yeah, what in the in the commentary Tom Skerritt says something like that. He was like, he started singing me a song. I couldn't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then, uh, yeah, you got to Parker slamming down his flamethrower, and he's like, no blood, no Dallas, nothing. (laughs) (sighs) So good. I love Parker, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, this is is what I made the note about Parker hating Ash, because, yeah, he does have the seat and refuses his help. Mm. And then we have Ripley talking to Mother, and then finding out Priority One, you know, get the thing off the planet. Right, right. And then Crew Expendable. And then this is, and then we get into Ash's whole malfunctioning thing, which yeah, this whole thing. This is what I think he knows, because there's uh, this is obviously somebody smarter has probably said this already. But like thinking about like, um, I'm sure I heard this from somewhere. This is not an original thought I have. I have no original thoughts. <laughs> but like the whole thing with like Ash, like knowing he's a he's a android. android. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he's, like, the whole thing with, like, the magazine, like, trying to shove into her mouth is, like, very sexual. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And. You know and, like, they it's talk in a- about that? He, they do talk about that. The thing that always creeped me out was the porn that he has plastered to his walls. Yeah, the eggs. What's up with the eggs? It's just fried eggs. <laughs> a picture of fried eggs in the wall. That that was weird. It's just yeah, pictures of naked ladies and then fried eggs randomly. Well, because like, he knows what like you know the anatomy and all that stuff is, but you know when he hears eggs, he's like, oh, like fried, right? Well, is that Ash's cubby or is that like I feel like that was like Parker or Brett's little? Oh, area. maybe. I, don't I know. mean, it seems like it would be one of their one of theirs. Right, there are a couple dirt bags. <laughs> But um, in the commentary, I just want that Ridley. conversation. Oh, sorry. Oh no, you're good. Go ahead. I was gonna say I wanted that conversation of like Parker critiquing Brett's little cubby. He's like, "Yeah, I see all the pictures of naked women. What's up with the fried eggs? I like eggs. <laughs> <laughs> eggs are probably something they can't replicate while they're in space, so he just misses oh. having a good fried egg. Well, that's why they land on the planet because Harry Dean's because Brett yeah. found out they had eggs on the planet. Which is like, I gotta give you some fried eggs, <laughs> some scrambled Xeno eggs. <laughs> but uh, in the in the commentary, Ridley mentions that uh, he his idea oh, you know was him. that yeah, I do. <laughs> um, was his idea was that he thought like Ash was probably interested in um, you know sexuality and and thinking about like you know. His idea is that Ash doesn't have, like, those parts, so he Mm -hmm. replicated the idea of, like, uh, inserting himself into a woman with, like, the magazine or something. (laughs) Also... How how you doing with that, Nick? Also, apparently, apparently when they told Sigourney Weaver about the scene, Ridley told her that he was going to take the magazine and put it up her hooter, which I guess... (laughs) Which I guess is is a British slang for mouth, but she did not know that, so she was like, "What am I walking into? <laughs> what is gonna happen?" This man is a knight. Yeah, and he said all this to this anyway. He is a sir. I just love in the trivia on IMDb, and it's like Sir Ridley Scott. Like somebody went through and was like, as soon as he got knighted, somebody was like, "Fuck, I gotta go to IMDb and just add sir." <sighs> <laughs> All right, let's get to, let's get to work. 
Oh man, yeah, that whole that whole sequence with Ash and Ripley is just like it's just that's scary it's as fuck. It's very creepy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then um, yeah, Parker coming in and like attacking him, and he, I just I just wrote in my notes. Parker knocks his block off. That's the only thing I can describe <laughs> that, shot that is as. so cool. And I actually think that that, um, that is the moment that they said a lot of audience members were really upset. Not the chestburster scene, but the, the scene where the robot head comes off. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fucking crazy like yeah. to see. Because I've never seen, you know, it's because yeah. it's, yeah, you've seen a robot get his head knocked off, but not an android. Yeah. I just love that on the inside, it's, of course, stereotypical robot yeah. shit. And then I love... Yeah, all uh, those, like, tubes and things come out. The tube, it's, it's the tubes and, like, there's little, like, tea lights or, like, well, you know, like, mm-hmm. little lights in they there. They use, like, marble. Oh, yeah, they have, yeah. like, um, what are those things called? Uh, fiber optics. Yeah, which yeah. I'd never seen that before. Like, I, that's the first time noticing this mm-hmm. it's i haven't seen this movie probably six years like the last time i watched it was in the theater um back in 1979 no, um, <laughs> anyway i just thought that was really cool and then yeah parker yelling he's a robot Edge is a goddamn robot <laughs> and then the whole yeah ash knew about the whole thing and then he's finally like telling them about this stuff and then i forgot yeah, they ask him one last thing, and of course the famous line is, I can't lie to you about your chances, but you have my sympathies. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, what a creepy little motherfucker, this little man. And then yeah. he goes off and fucks off the Middle Earth after this. <laughs> <laughs> is he in I, the Lord uh, of the Rings? Yeah. Oh, he cool. plays Bilbo. Oh. Um, you seen, have you not seen Lord of the Rings, Peyton? I've seen the first two movies. Uh, let me tell you about the. Let me tell you about this third one. The king returns. <laughs> but it's been a long time. Yeah, that is him though. Now that I think about it, it's him with like mm-hmm. longer hair. Uh, there also is brought up. I think it's maybe just in the director's cut, or is like in the script originally, or something like that. The idea that Ash was telling him, like, "Well, did you try and ever try and communicate with it?" Which, yeah, I think. I think it's footage that never made it into the movie. I don't think it's yeah. in the director's cut. Yeah. Um, which is if it's a it's a it's a fun th- thought, you know, it's a fun thought to have, but also like fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh and and that actually and <laughs> like throughout the credits, Victoria Carwright and Veronica Carwright, excuse me, and and Harry Dean Stanton are like arguing. This about is the part that? that this is the part that cracked me up. Part it's cracked so me up. fucking fucking. Yeah, Veronica like, Cartwright is like start Veronica, bickering. Yeah, Veronica Cartwright is like, no, that's the whole thing. Ash is like, did you ever try to talk to him? Did you ever try to talk to him? And or she's like, Ian says that. Ian says that. And Harry Dean Stanton is like, I don't like Ian in this movie. I don't like him. I don't like him in this. How are you gonna 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 communicate with it? How are you gonna over here? Uh, You're trying to communicate with it, and it goes, oh, like what? And then then it says, I don't like Ian in this. Yeah, I don't like Ian in this. And then Uh. the last thing said on this entire commentary is Harry Dean Stanton going, "Can I go now?" (laughs) This this. 
this commentary, I'm just loving hearing you guys describe it, but it just it just solidifies more and more that Harry Dean Stanton is the goat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's uh, one for the ages, I tell you. <laughs> oh, man. I do like the um, the effect of uh, his head being put through the table. To like look, oh yeah, yeah, it looks really good, and his I just love how really good, and the the voice modulation is very cool too. The uh, the shitty transition from fake head to real head yeah. is always is so funny to me because they just slightly change the camera angle just a little bit. It's like yeah. a weird little jump cut. Yeah, I do wish that they had gotten the the um, animatronic head to work because apparently it could work, and they were going to film it with that head, but the skin mold on it like shrunk and so it didn't look like him and that's why they didn't use it which really sucks <laughs> it's like ian home with like yeah it's like it lift. like pulls his head like back yeah <laughs> so it looks like ian home at the end of return of the king which you have not seen um when he has like weird old man makeup at the end of that movie oh uh, what do we got my next uh trick yes crew decides to blow up the ship and then Ripley looks for Jonesy when she should be preparing to jump ship. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm a dog person. That's what I wrote in my notes. Uh, Parker and Lambert's death. Fucking great. Yeah. That's so cool. The Which, visuals um, most are of so good in that. Like, and then the most visual, of it's off camera and you just right, hear it. Yeah. Right. The visual great. of the, the um, alien shadow approaching Lambert is such a iconic and cool shot. Mm hmm. I just love how they keep cutting the close-ups of this thing, because it's like, listen, the head looks great. Let's just get some fucking great right. close-ups. Right. And then... Something yeah, else from hear- the commentary is that the <laughs> shot of the alien's tail coming under the legs is actually yes. Harry Dean Stanton's legs, and it was supposed to be oh, from yeah. the scene... Yeah. From Which Veronica before. Cartwright took very personally. She was apparently like asked about that at like one of the openings, and she's like, "Well, why don't you ask Harry?" I'm just like, whoa, okay. I'm sorry, I can't tell you apart from your fucking ankles. I love, uh, I love these beefs that happened on this yeah. set. <laughs> And apparently so in the funny. script originally Lambert was supposed to die of fear. Mhm. But I like I that sh- you don't you don't see it in the film. Yeah, you just see, I, like, yeah, a you hanging just, limb. Yeah, you just hear her screaming over the radio, which is right. great. Which I haven't written I wrote down you bitch and bitches in all caps, but I don't Ripley says that, but I forget when she says it. She says it to mother uh that's right when she's trying to stop the the self ex- the explosion or the self-destruction i think yeah and mother's like it's too late and she says you bitch you bitch <laughs> yeah i remember now <laughs> and then I, yeah i just have written down ripley throwing that damn pet taxi around because she does not give a shit about jonesy at this she, point she cared about jonesy enough to go get him but she's like it's not gonna be a fun ride like <laughs> she's like yeah. guess what there's fucking like chucks that she like yeets that cat bag you gotta eat the reference, cat bag. reference to another podcast <laughs> 
listen to the Cats episode of uh, Screaming at the Screen with Nick and Sarah Jean to get that reference. But uh, fucking yeets it and like into the whatever, throws it into the drop ship. Like doesn't give a shit about Jonesy anymore. Look, I just need the body to show that I tried. Yeah. There's another um, scene uh, around this area. Oh, right. In the director's um, cut. In the director's cut that I I fucking love. Uh, it's basically Ripley walking into the room where all of her other crewmates are basically being incubated and morphed into eggs. And it's essentially the same setup that you see in Aliens when all the, the rest of the soldiers are like up being like kill me um and it's like the walls are all done up the same and it just it was very cool to see something that i had seen in the exclusively in the sequel but in the original movie that was that was i i kind of like stopped everything i was doing was like this is this fucking rocks it sounds like whenever this reminds me of when they introduced stealth in uncharted 2 among thieves and then you realize that then you find out later on that stealth was actually in the first game. <laughs> this is a reference only I can get. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Because I didn't watch the director's cut. I'm sorry. Oh, you should watch the director's cut. Yeah, um, uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff on there, man. I do need to go back and watch it. I, I've watched it before. It's been it's just been a long fucking time. Right? Like I haven't yeah. watched this movie. I haven't watched it since, yeah, 2016 when I saw it in the theater. And then before that, it was probably... When I went through, like when I was in college and I got this Blu-ray set, the anthology, and it's I fucking burned through everything. Like yeah, I watched every inch of that fucking box set because I was like, I spent 30 bucks in this. I got, I'm going to get 30 bucks because I got it, it on sale. It was like 50% off or something like that. Not Anyway. <laughs> That scene also includes more um more sculpture work from Guy from Giger um, and uh, Ripley, like has to make a decision and she like decides to like torch everybody. So that's a very big emotional moment for her character yeah. too. Why? Well, every time you say Giger, I think of a Giger counter and it's, it's just or Geiger. Instead, of a, instead of a Geiger counter, it's yeah. Giger counter. It's just <laughs> HRK going one, <laughs> two. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Oh, I, I, I meant to go back and check this, but does it take 10 minutes of runtime from her starting the countdown to the ship exploding? I, it feels like 10 minutes. I, I always mean I think it to. does. Anytime there's a time given in a, like a countdown given in a movie, I'm like, oh, I need to start my clock. Like in fucking, Bat, in fucking Batman, whenever Jack Nicholson says, meet me at the top in 10 minutes, it's fucking 10 minutes, baby. Like oh, it, nice, or it's like nice. five minutes or something. Like It's exactly five minutes of runtime. <laughs> uh, or no, he like looks up, he goes, meet me in five minutes. And he looks up and sees all the stairs. And he goes, better make it 10. And then like, <laughs> anyway. Um, I, ha- I didn't time it, but I f- it, fe- it feels like it's 10 minutes. It does. Yeah. Which most movies it cracks me up because like the time limit is just compressed or like elongated yeah. based on tension. Uh, anyway, so many Sylvester Stallone movies do that where it's like, yeah, it's gonna blow up in five minutes or like th- thirty seconds, and it's like the longest thirty seconds in existence. <laughs> yeah, it's like five minute sequence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Ripley gets into the drop ship, and then she sits down and says, "I got you, some bitch." 
which I remember that anyway, dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, pretty sure that's where Dwayne Johnson got that from using some bitch. <laughs> some bitch. Uh, I uh, uh, I'm you know if the internet is to be, to be believed, uh, yeah. The it's the 15 minutes is 15 minutes. Not bad. Nice. <laughs> that's where Thank she you, internet. Pu- she pulls out and blows up the space Nostromo. When, yeah, when she does the self-destruct sequence, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this, I always loved um, this part because the alien blending in with the environment is it's just so, so fucking cool. Because you would so never would have known the alien was At there all. based on like the tubes and pipes and all that stuff. At all. They do that yeah. on the great movie ride, too. Yep. Uh, they also do that earlier in the movie where there's a shot in the with all the, the chains in the water where like it sh- it it cuts up to the chains in the water and and the alien is just there. It's just there the whole time. Boy, oh god, what a terrifying notion. I that, need I didn't notice that. I need to go back and watch yeah, that. Yeah, I it just is noticed up there it for the first time. Look, yeah. Um this whole Oh, this is one of them multiple watch movies, kind of like Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. This whole ending sequence of her in the escape pod is was added like later on. Like it was originally supposed to end right after the ship blew up. I'm glad it didn't because yeah. the sequence is amazing. Yeah. yeah, really wanted to add like a, a fourth act to the film, which I'm really glad they did. This is like an yeah. iconic sequence. He was uh, in there. Uh, uh, if they made a, a, a series a la The Offer about Alien, uh, this scene would have been. Uh, uh, Francis and Al Ruddy and uh and our, our good boy Robert Evans going to uh uh what, what Charlie a bluedhorn of of Gulf and Western going don't ask me baby don't ask me how many days it's going to you got the Robert <laughs> Evans but basically Ridley's just like don't ask me how many days it's going to be like what what was the I can't exactly remember what it was but he like the, I can't the executive either. was asking like all the wrong questions about like what it was going to take to to do this fourth act. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you're asking the wrong questions. Ask me like, you know, how much it's going to be or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) But it was like, here's what we're going to do. There's going to be a whole fourth act in which (laughs) the alien is going to blend in with the, listen to me, Ruddy, you you know what I'm talking about. It's going to be blending in with the background. This is the vision that, I'm just picturing Robert Evans poorly explaining alien, kind of like he did Chinatown. (laughs) It's about water. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, I canceled my Paramount Plus subscription because I was like, I'm, I'm probably just going to use this to watch the offer, and I can't watch, I can't spend the rest of my life watching no, the offer yeah. over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, you're not going to watch Tulsa King with me? <sighs> Look, as soon as Beavis and Butthead ended, I'm like, if when Beavis and Butthead comes back, I'm going to resubscribe to Paramount <laughs> Plus because okay. Beavis and Butthead is fucking funny. Anyway, I've always loved Beavis and Butthead. Anyway, um, where are we at? Oh, I have a note. I'd be so pissed if a lady in a spacesuit shot me while I was trying to take a nap. Because that's exactly what this is happening at the end of this movie. I love when she first sees the alien, and the alien's just like, get get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm tired. He just, he just sticks his hand out, yeah. and then... But he obviously... He kind of acts like a cat when a cat like doesn't well, want you to trust it. here's the thing. This this alien's just a little baby. He's still just a day old. He just needs a nap. That's all he needs to do. He needs to take a nap. 
<laughs> get his little baby blanket and you curl up real quick. Those pipes are probably real warm. <laughs> you know, did you ever try to communicate with it? Goo goo gaga. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to have an alien. He's going to be very, very tired. And he's going to be a little, little cozy little nook in a spaceship. Follow me here. This is the last act of the film. It's the fourth act. We're tacking it on the very end. A little jump scare for you. Hand pops out. He's just a little baby. He's just a little baby. Trying to get something. He's trying to get a nap going on. But he can't do it because a lady's trying to shoot him. And there's a cat in a pod. Where are you going? Yeah. When 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 Nick <laughs> asked me, when Nick asked me if I wanted to to you know be, do be on the podcast, I was just like, oh, what are you what are you doing? He's like, oh, we're doing Alien. Alien. He's like, yeah, you know, Alien. You know, Sigourney Weaver, Ridley Scott, and the second one. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, you mean Baby's Day Out? <laughs> oh my God, I love Baby's Day Out. <laughs> uh, baby's Day Out. That's a piece of, of film history right there. That's all I got. Let me tell you this shit about Baby's Day Out. I remember when I was a kid, I watched it and I was like, this movie's fucking... T-. Even as a kid, I thought it was terrible. Oh, I loved and it. Then, and then my great aunt brought the VHS. She was like, "I." She's this is my great aunt. She's like, Nicholas, I saw the funniest movie. I had to buy it on VHS. And then she, I was like, what movie is this? And she pulled it out and it was Baby's Day Out. And I was like... And I was like Vinkman in Ghostbusters 2 when he was like, yeah, I know Bassmasters. I was like, yeah, I know Baby's Day Out. That was, that was the conversation that eight-year-old me had with my great aunt about no, Baby's Day Out. No appreciation for the early stunt work of Vern Troyer. <laughs> Doesn't Callista Flockhart ask for help from the President of the United States to find her child? Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's, I know that he also, like, the baby spending the entire day outsmarting the mob. Absolutely. Yeah. What's funny about that movie, that, that movie. That movie. Um, smart. So one of the guys in it, I forget his name, but he's also McHale's Navy. And he, um, which, like, Bruce Campbell's also in. But Bruce Campbell tells a story about how that guy. I forget which guy it is, but apparently Baby's Day Out was huge in Mexico. <laughs> and the guy didn't know any Spanish. Bruce Campbell knew a little bit of Spanish. So he like told the dude to say like cojones, which of course means testicles. <laughs> and so like the guy was just going around waving to people saying testicles oh, God. to all these all of his fans. <laughs> and like later found out and got like really mad at Bruce Campbell. And of course they <laughs> laughed it off or whatever. Uh, I believe that- you're thinking of Brian Haley. Yes, that's who it was. Uh, also but, um, in this film, Joe Montaigne, Joe Pantaleano, Joey Pants, Laura Flynn Boyles, and Joey Cynthia Pants. Nixon. <laughs> oh, man. Cynthia Nixon? Yeah. All right, got to rewatch it. Can we, yeah, uh, we'll do a special episode in which we talk about Baby's Day Out. Neil Flynn is cop number one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of baby's day out, we oh. got a baby stuck in a spaceship. <laughs> but not for long. Um, yeah, the, the whole thing with like singing my lucky star and like the slow tension build of like, is the alien going to get her or all this stuff? Right. And he's, fr- and he's you know, slowly waking up, you know, right. he, he, he wasn't that into his nap. He got a, he and got then, a full poo poo diaper though. <laughs> I love how she slips into the uh, to the spacesuit 
It's very cool. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure Willie Utani like could have spent more money on underwear because that that was <laughs> there was barely any fabric in that underwear, and I'm just like, come. This is why me, I like a baggy. I like to be free and loose when I'm sleeping. So I feel like I need to get a job at R and D of pajama wear and underwear at the Willie Utani Corporation. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, and then she, you know, shoots it out, and then the alien tries again, and then she blasts it with the thrusters. Very cool sequence. Which I love how the thrusters is just lights, and they've just, like, they rotated the set and just, like, had water rain down. Right, And that was, like... That was the plasma. plasma. Yeah. <laughs> fucking plasma. I love seeing the alien hold on and then, like, flounder as it goes out the, out the, the air lock or whatever. <laughs> Oh, so good. Yeah, it just ends. I love it when a movie just ends. Mm-hmm. Like, it ends, like, two minutes later. She goes, to, then, she, she lays down to take a little nappy. This is this is a movie about people just trying to go to sleep. Yeah, that's absolutely. What this, that's, the, that's what this movie is. Workers' rights. <laughs> you know, it's a strong pro-labor movie and pro-sleep movie. I love yeah. it. That's my platform. <laughs> More naps at work. More naps and fair pay. <laughs> this is the most. This is the most uh, twenty. Yeah, twenty 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 two film. Like it just speaks volumes movie. to you know. Don't break quarantine. The current climate. Fucking, yeah. Anyway, this movie's now more relevant relevant than it's ever been. So let me get this straight. So uh, uh, in this movie. Uh, the alien was voiced. It was like the alien's like inner monologue, I guess, was voiced by John or uh, by Bruce Willis. And then in Aliens, you have the oh, boy. So it's also alien. look who's talking. And then Aliens talking now. <laughs> and that's when you have the big queen and voiced that, by Roseanne that's Barr. When, uh, that's when yeah. Rose- Roseanne Barr. Gets- well, Roseanne's in the second one, right? Yeah, look who's talking to. Yeah, yeah. Or look who's talking to. Look who's talking now is the dogs. dogs. Yeah, that's Devito. So Devito (laughs) is. So when what's funny is that an alien in the third movie is a talking dog. We got a dog alien in the third one. It makes wait, sense. Who, wait, who wrote? Who wrote the look? Who's who wrote these? <laughs> look it up, Dan O'Bannon. <laughs> uh, of wait, course, Mel Brooks Scott directed the fourth Look Who's Talking movie. Mel Brooks actually <laughs> reprised his role as the toilet and uh, Look Who's in, in Aliens and says, "I'm going to get you poo poo and you pee pee." Oh my yeah. god! I didn't yeah. know that was Mel Brooks. That killed <laughs> the, me. That's so the funny. alien. The alien uh, from the Great Movie Ride traumatized me and Peyton. But the toilet from Look Who's Talking uh, traumatized you, my friend. <laughs> no, it was the toilet from Ghostbusters, specifically the Ghostbusters well, the toy. toy. Yeah, the toy. <laughs> Look Who's Talking 2 has a 4.6 on IMDb. That's honestly yeah. higher than I, I would have guessed. <laughs> I, lo- I love Look Who's Talking 2. Oh, I, wa- I love I love Roseanne Barr before she got problematic. I mean, Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, Olympia Dukakis. That was like my main reference point oh, yeah, was her, for her. Mom. Was that she was in? She was the she was Kirstie Alley's mom in the Look Who's Talking yeah. movies. And the teacher and like, from the teacher from Clueless plays Kirstie Alley's friend. Those movies made so much fucking money. <laughs> like that's why I always find it funny whenever people talk about like John Travolta's 
comeback in Pulp Fiction. And it's like, I don't think he was really hurting for anything when yeah. he was like making bank and could, could have bought probably like half a Malibu off of the Look Who's Talking series. I love that uh, I'm looking at the cast listing now. It's like, yeah, Mel Brooks, Mr. Toilet Man voice. <laughs> I think Richard Pryor is in it too, isn't doesn't he play the the black baby? No, that's Damon Wayans. Oh, Damon Wayans. Because he's like Mr. Toilet Man. Yeah, that's he like. He's like he's a poop when you pee pee. <laughs> How did hey. this spiral into look who's talking to? All right, let's get back on subject. Back on topic. Nick, do you know who wrote Baby's Day Out? Who? <laughs> John Hughes. Yes, I remember that now. Yes. Yeah. Do you do you know who did the special effects and makeup for Baby's Day Out? <sighs> Fuck. Was it? It wasn't ILM, was it? It was Rick Baker. What? Yeah. What? What special effects would you? It's when the arrowhead goes through the baby's neck. <laughs> Did, didn't he do that in Friday the Thirteenth? I, I I'm no, that's Tom Savini. You're oh, that's of. Tom Savini. I'm just imagining Vern Troyer in like eight <laughs> hours of baby makeup. <laughs> the same way like Jim Carrey was in his Grinch makeup. <laughs> Oh no, Rick, ba- love- Rick Baker did American Werewolf in London, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm looking at um <laughs> looking at the cast listing for Baby's Day Out. <laughs> and Baby Beat number one is of course played by Adam Robert Wharton, and he has his own picture. <laughs> and then Baby Beat number two was played by Jacob Joseph Wharton, and he has a different picture. So somebody went through the effort of figuring out which baby was which <laughs> and made that their IMDB picture. Amazing. Beautiful. It was the same person who went through and added "Sir" on Ridley Scott on the on, on the trivia section. <laughs> They're dedicated to their craft. Oh my god, dude! These man. Anyway, oh Matthew Glave, named after the um, the weapon from Crawl, um, <laughs> aka the douchebag uh, fiance from The Wedding Singer, plays uh, Baby Binks' dad. I guess. <laughs> oh, I think I vaguely remember that. Oh man. John Hughes, man. R.I.P. Speaking of which, um, John Hughes. I think there's a this is this might uh, this might not have been an actual quote, but I me- think I remember reading this quote. Was talking about when John Candy died. He was like, "Yeah, the reason he died is because he got worked to death." And then I was looking at John Candy's IMDb, and like most of the fucking movies he was doing were John Hughes movies. <laughs> Like he was in like five fucking movies in one yeah. year. Like so basically, John, so John, John admitted to, re- to murdering yeah. him. Yeah. How do you rephrase your your answer to a confession? Yeah. <laughs> I worked him to death. Because <laughs> um, let me look at. Was this Uncle shit. Buck work it worth it? I mean, Uncle Buck, yes, that was honestly, yeah, because Uncle Buck's fucking dope. (laughs) I like the one, what's the one where John Candy's like stuck in a soap opera? Uh, Delirious, yeah, Yeah. I love that. Which I don't know, I don't know why Prince let them use the song Delirious for that movie, but (laughs) maybe that was the reason why Prince was like, ah, maybe I'm gonna stop letting people use my songs for a bit. (laughs) You, you started your sentence with, I don't know why Prince. That's that's it. That's <laughs> filling the fucking blank, man. 
But you just, yeah, um, you just ta- you, you you just accept Prince for what he does, and and you you, you just you just enjoy Prince it was a have. huge fan of the show New Girl and asked to be on it. Yeah, yeah that's all you that's need true. to know. That's all you need to know. <laughs> that and the uh, Kevin Smith story about trying to shoot a documentary for Prince. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm just looking at. So yeah, in like '91, of course, he did like only the Lonely, which was produced by John Hughes, and then he also did Career Opportunities, which I think was written by John Hughes, and then Nothing But Trouble. That's Dan Aykroyd, and then Home. Year before that, Home Alone, mm-hmm. written and produced by John Hughes. Year before that, Uncle Buck. So like, he's in a Hughes a year, I guess. <laughs> anyway, yeah, J- John Candy was in five movies in 1991. That's crazy. Anyway, I did not think this Aliens episode would devolve into us, not devolve, evolve. To, to, into, a, to a John Candy appreciation episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, John Candy, funny enough, born on Halloween. There you well, go. now I'm just sad because I miss John Candy. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, man, John Candy's great. Camp Candy, um, Rookie of the Year. Oh my god, Rookie of the Year, uncredited. Yeah, the whole kitten caboodle. <laughs> oh man. Um. All right. Well, is there anything else we want to talk about in regard to John Candy or Alien before we wrap this up? <laughs> I had actually seen Spaceballs before I saw this. Um. So I saw the chestburster scene in Spaceballs. So I was not surprised when the chestburster came out. But you were yeah, confused that... when it didn't start singing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello my baby hello my honey hello my ragtime girl check please <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah um what kind of rating system will we do for this oh. f- for this season how many eggs <laughs> yeah how many how many eggs you get this one out of uh one out of six how many eggs out of six getting? out of six oh i give the i mean this is the blueprint obviously i would give it a six six eggs yeah yeah, let's get them six eggs and have them scrambled. <laughs> the eggs, the egg cart, the the little half dozen egg carton. <laughs> yeah, let's give a half a dozen. Yeah, let's give a half a dozen. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'll give it as many eggs as uh, I I uh, like to uh, prepare scrambled six. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm feeding a lot of people. Okay, that's just for me. That's a good Sunday breakfast to me. Six eggs, four pieces of toast. And football, what, I'm a happy man. What you got to do is you got to take six oh eggs, boy. you got to scramble them, and then you got to make a Bloody Mary. But make sure you put the eggs in the Bloody Mary. I call it a bloody mess. You kind of um, Robert Evans, what are you doing on recipe TikTok? <laughs> you kind of sounded like Rod Serling a little bit at the beginning of that. I'm over here, oh, do- yeah. <laughs> I'm over here doing cocaine. <laughs> oh, man. You, like... There's a lot of stuff that y- y- y'all have said this episode that has made me think of Rod Serling. So I think it's very funny that you've come back and referenced him just <laughs> right, out, right out the gate. Um, figure what I was going to say on this. Yeah, so come back next episode. I guess next week where we're going to talk about aliens, which I'm I'm going to come in. Uh, th- this movie's amazing. It was very influential to me growing up. So. I don't know. I may come in half cocked, very <laughs> tired from work, or I may just be amped. I don't even know everybody. But anyway, well, this episode comes out. 
I want to say the day after Thanksgiving. So do y'all have anything to promote? Mm, day after Thanksgiving. I don't think so. Um, definitely uh, check out Queer Movie Night if you're not listening to that. I co-host that with Deb Duncan and she's great. And uh, I'll also say I may have one more show at Piper's Alley with uh, Comedy Sports' Rec League. Um, check that out. I'm, I'm on the team Scrumptious. Um, what yeah, a great name. That, yeah, I, 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 was, uh, I was not there when we chose it, but <laughs> it's a good name. We, go, we do the thing. Swear scrumptious. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> we, have, we have a good time. Um, and then average cameo on all socials. Um. Yeah, and I just want to promote all the Black uh, Friday deals I probably got um, for Blu-rays. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Uh, After this yeah. year in media, I will also be reinvesting in physical media. Oh boy, I was going to say. No, it was something about buying shelves. Anyway, I, I, anything I say is just going to have the, the podcast go on more. So yeah. Um, Watch Baby's Day Out, everybody. That's what I got to promote. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Micro changes in air density, my ass. <laughs> Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.